Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. And here we go on a Monday. Attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. Brandon Beam, the General Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark Shark. General, we have navigated our way through the divisional route. Here we sit, conference championship week. Is abound. Basketball season in full swing. Buckeyes getting it done both on the men's and women's side here this weekend. What's going on, man? Good to talk to you here on a Monday. Oh, great to talk to you. I mean, it was about as good a weekend of sports watching as you're going to find if you're oh. a Buckeye fan. You said the men's and hoops, men's and women's hoops teams get wins, big wins, both at home. Feel good about that. And then that was supplemented by really three and a half quarter, three and a half great divisional round games in the NFL. Uh, Really just Houston and Baltimore second half getting stretched a little bit. And then, unfortunately, the last, whatever, minute and change last night after yeah. the missed field goal yeah. was kind of anticlimactic, you know, with Josh Allen doing everything he needed to do to get mm-hmm. the win or at least keep that thing in, in game mode and uh, wide right. With you, you weren't old enough, Beam. No, but I, I mean, Scott, I, I know, Scott Norwood. I know what it is. That's the first Super Bowl that I remember watching. Super Bowl twenty five okay. against the Giants. I was a big Giants fan, and at the time, I didn't realize like how makeable of a field goal that was. And granted, that was in Pasadena, California, not in the elements in Buffalo. We saw the wind and things moving, but saw the flags on top of the yeah the uprights. That doesn't make it any better, man. Yeah. It doesn't help. And those Buffalo fans who have been through it the last couple of weeks, they, they're they very similar. And someone tweeted, like, there's no way you can have Buffalo fans and Detroit fans be happy on the same uh, weekend. And I, I feel like that's that's probably about where you have it. No doubt, man. It was, other than that, though, I mean, it was a great weekend, uh, really across sports. And you mentioned it, Buckeyes get it done. Men's team got it done on Saturday. Ohio State women's hoops had a great start to your Sunday afternoon yesterday. 18,900 or 18,000, 1,800 people in there yesterday at the shot to watch Ohio State take down Iowa in overtime at the court storming. Got a flop by Caitlin Clark at the end. You know what? As you watch that, we'll break that down. I don't think she expected that person to be there. It's like her falling was more... I think, yes, about like reaction, reaction to like give as much ground as possible because you're not sure. And by the way, like also the girl that you're running on the court, can we have a little bit of awareness and understand there's people walking? Uh, Be careful when you're running and taking selfies. Yeah, we're just running through there. Or I think she's probably videoing what's maybe in front of her. Maybe she is doing a selfie. So yeah, (laughs) it's like running and looking in a mirror. How's that going to work for you? Probably bad. You're looking in the like. Try driving today, looking exclusively on the rearview mirror. Well, don't tr- don't try that you know, today. Maybe if you're that girl, maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe that's her. Hey, what's the difference? People are not driving anyways. I mean, we're doing everything but keeping our two eyes on the road. Yeah. So, uh, yes, but that that was unfortunate. There, it's a great victory. Though. I'm just glad. It was a great like, win. I'm glad nobody got hurt. But that was obviously yeah. a big win. And you know what? To celebrate that big win, beam seven thirty five, we're gonna have the crime dog Kevin McGuff on here. 
uh, this morning to talk about that big win, a little momentum for the Buckeyes, handing the Iowa Hawkeyes their first conference loss of the year. Yeah, Caitlin Clark went for 45 <laughs> yesterday, too. I mean, it was a great game. Enough. It was a great game. Cody, she would have needed to go for 51 beam yeah, to she keep did. that thing close. Cody McMahon going uh, Super Saiyan yesterday, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. J.C. Sheldon, another yeah. great game. I mean, those, those two girls are really fun to watch. Taylor Theory with a nice game. She fouled out in overtime. But, yeah, Buckeyes get it done uh, against Iowa. And then the men's team get it done against Penn State. So, great weekend. Great football. we got lots of fun things to break down for you. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, big booms for the football team. Yeah. We'll get into that coming up here in our next segment, Caleb Downs. Spread this out a little bit. I mean, <laughs> just so much. So, so much news. Schleich and I did our show last night, and I'm like, if, this is like a month's worth of content in three days. It really is. So, so Caleb Downs, congratulations. Welcome to Columbus. Julian saying as just, well. Just saying. We're man. just saying. Um, so Buckeyes with a huge, huge weekend uh, on all fronts. So we'll get into some of the football transfer portal stuff that went on over the weekend, which was massive. Bill Bender, the Sporting News, he's going to join the program coming up here at 635 this morning. Talk all things NFL. His Packers gave it one hell of a go out in San Francisco coming up short but we'll talk some ball with Bill at 635 uh, get into some divisional round stuff in the 7 o'clock hour Kevin McGuff again Bob you mentioned that huge one against Iowa uh, he's going to join us head coach of your Ohio State women's basketball program he's coming up at 735 this morning and then Joshua Perry he's going to round out the program for us at 835 as he does every single Monday before we get into anything else today it is Monday the 22nd day of January 2024 time for today in history Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents Today in History. Here's your professor, Bobby Carpenter. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, call Dr. Mark Levy at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP. All right, Bob. Big Monday, buddy. What do you got lined up for us today? Oh, did you say we're also giving away a pair of tickets to the Ohio State-Illinois game I later? I didn't say that, but we are doing that. Yeah, so why not? Beam? Let the folks know. A four-pack of tickets. A four-packer. Exactly. Uh, this date... It is January 22nd, the 22nd day of the year, 344 days remaining in 2024. And being, think about this, man, we are one week away from having one month down. Oh, my. Uh, it goes quick. Goes Ben Shark really... will be inside the 18-month countdown. Exactly. He's getting close. But he's going to stay for another football season. He, he will. It. Yeah, he, I agree. I can feel it. He's not going to want to leave, especially when the Browns are making that Super Bowl push. Mm-hmm. He's going to hang on. Uh, this date, 1890, uh, the United Mine Workers of America, it's founded Beam where? In Columbus, Ohio. All right, nice. Getting that done here in the great city of Seabus. Uh, this date, 1946, the creation of the Central Intelligence Group occurred. It is the precursor to the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, the state 1967, the monkeys performed for the first time. Hey, hey, it's the monkeys. Absolutely. At Cal Palace in San Francisco in front of a sold-out crowd. Walk down the street. We've got some nice musical guests that will be joining us today. I like to call them musical guests. Makes it feel more like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Always wanted to host a night show. Uh, this state 1970, the Boeing 747, the first jumbo jet, makes its maiden commercial flight. From New York City to London Heathrow Airport. Nice. Uh, this date, 1972. Uh, left out of JFK, by the way. Uh, this date, 1972. Don McLean's American Pie. It's number one where it lands and sets for seven straight weeks. Shark's favorite song of all time. Absolutely. Uh, 50 years ago, Roe vs. Wade is handed down by 
uh, Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, it's also 50 years ago today. In uh, the title bout, George Foreman knocks down Joe Frazier six times in the first two rounds before the fight was ultimately stopped. I don't have my dad's screen up, Shark. I'm, I'm, this is terrible. I, ha- I have my my computer. Shark's down this over morning. there. He's like a wizard. I, right he now. really is. He's he's on the ones and twos pretty heavy this morning. Because my your dad, my, my sound player is down. Tell your dad to get off his rear and start working. Babe. Come on, Dad. Let's go. I mean, I can click on it. I can try to open it, and then it just goes into a blue screen of death. So. All right, here we go. Super Bowl eighteen, a matchup no, between not, the two not best George teams. Foreman. That's what I said, Bob. <laughs> Here we go, Bob. <laughs> Frazier is ready to go again. Joe is standing. There he goes. Three times. Three times. The fight is stopped. No, it is not. It is not stopped. <laughs> Angie Dundee is screaming, stop it. It is over. It is over. It is over in the second round. George Foreman is the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, but next, we have Super Bowl 18 as the uh, Raiders over the Redskins, 38-9. to Marcus Allen is your MVP. Super Bowl 18, a matchup between the two best teams in the National Football League. Only 12 seconds left to play third quarter. Here's Marcus Allen. Cutting back upfield, and Marcus Allen could be gone. 74 yards for Marcus Allen. And the Raiders are starting to shove this one in the winner's column. Absolutely. Also, during halftime, that debuted the famous Apple uh, Macintosh commercial. Oh, yeah. Where they've got all the folks standing Just throws up. the javelin yeah. into the screen, right? Uh, absolutely. It's iconic, Beam. Uh, also, a rough day for the state of Ohio in the Queen City down south. This day, 1989. Super Bowl 23, the 49ers defeat the Bengals 20-16. to Jerry Rice is the MVP of that. Oh, gosh, I love this. Uh, and then this day, 1994, Brian Adam, Rod Stewart, and Sting put together all for love. It begins its three-weeks debut at number one. George Seifert turning 84 today. 49ers and Panthers head coach, the winner of uh, Super Bowl 24. And 29, fifth best winning percentage of all coaches over 100 wins. Uh, so he wasn't that Niners Bengals. He was the next one, as that final one was, was the final one with um, Bill Walsh. The man you're hearing right here. How old do you think he is, Shark? Oh, gosh. Steve Perry. I mean, this song is 40 years old, and that was after his journey career. He's got to be 71. 75, coach. Wow. Oh, Sherry. Love it. This is honestly, I love all his journey stuff, but this might be my favorite Steve Perry vocal. It's really good. It's got the journey vibe to it. It really does. The video, the music video for this is fantastic. You ever seen it being there doing some sort no. of, looks like there's some sort of renaissance fair. It's got some sort of play and all kinds of stuff going on. Eating a turkey leg. Breaks down. Oh, yeah. It breaks out of it. It's like they're shooting the video. They're shooting a video, shooting another video. The dude playing a dude. Video playing a dude. <laughs> it's, dude playing a dude. Playing another dude. dude. It, was, it was pretty remarkable. It's good. Uh, but love, love Steve Perry. And, um, and that was with Nick Mangold even. And I love, believe me, I love Worlds Apart Separate Ways. Uh, and then uh, Nick, his 
that uh, Dayton Country Club. Oh yeah, faithfully was his uh, his song with Steve Perry rocking that out. But Steve Perry seventy five today. Uh, Linda Blair turning sixty five. Reagan McNeil out of the Exorcist. Me about that for you. Uh, Steve Adler, former drummer of GNR, turning at fifty nine today. Diane Lane also turning fifty nine. Shark said he's going to try to find a way to play her centerfold over the radio. He hasn't figured it out yet. Radio is the theater of the mind, Shark. So why don't you pull it up and just describe it to us? I think that's uh, firewalled oh, on no, the, on no. the computer. You should see the stuff we can pull up over here. <laughs> uh, really? Guy Fieri and his frosted... Oh, believe me. The wiki wormhole gets real deep mm. over here. The, Guy Fieri and his frosted tips turning 56. I can't wait to go to his festival this summer in Columbus. Uh, Jason Peters tackle for the Seahawks turning 42. Uh, Sharks guy Ray Rice turning 37 today. Former Ravens running back. And Great Odin's Raven, Greg Odin, turning 36 years young today. I thought he turned 36 back in college. Same. 36, though, for him. LBJ passing away on this date, 1973. Shark, what number president was he? LBJ. Uh, Bob, he was number 36. Chris Spielman, president right there. Good job, Shark. Uh, Heath Ledger, my man, Mm. passing away on this day, 2008. Oh, it was a great one, too, on the snow day. Uh, My son watching 10 Things I Hate About You, maybe my favorite Heath Ledger movie. I don't know, second to A Knight's Tale. Knight's Tale's really good. They're both really good. Joker's fantastic, but it did him in, so I don't know if I can put that on there. Also, Sharks do Joe Paterno uh, passing away on this date, 2012. Mm. And Hammer and Hank Aaron passing away three years ago in 2021. Uh, It is Celebration of Life Day, come in from the cold day. Community Manager Appreciation Day. Uh, Dance of the Seven Veils Day. Oh. I have no idea what that means. Sounds intriguing, though. Uh, National Answer Your Cat's Question Day. Blonde Brownie Day. Had one of those on Saturday night. Hot Sauce Day. National Polka Day as well. And those are your historical events, your birthdays, your passings, your holidays, observances for this date. January 22nd, the 22nd day of the year. And 344 days remaining in this 2024. Very well done on that, General, as always. Buckeyes, go ahead and... Went big game hunting over the last couple of weeks, and they landed some mega big fish. We'll get into that coming up in our next segment. Next, (laughs) Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Beam has a baby face. Bobby has soft hands. That should not stop you from listening to this show. This is Morning Juice. Cruise along here. A little Monday edition of the program. Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. It's a huge weekend huge. for the Buckeyes. Uh, men's team got it done on Saturday. Women's team got it done yesterday. And then on Friday, uh, the grand surprise of them all, Caleb Downs announcing that he's coming to Ohio State. I mean, I was floored. We know that they were really going after him, but I'd kind of talked myself into Caleb Downs selecting Georgia just with everything that was going on. Georgia hired his position coach at yeah. Alabama, um, you know, from well, down there. Like we had talked to Berm about it, and he's like, "Hey, you know, he's like, if he gets if he gets in the portal, 
See, I think it's more of a function of, you know, that would be a cherry on the Sunday, but don't be expecting him to come to Columbus. And then lo and behold, you get him, and then you get Julian saying right after that, you're like, I know we were talking to him, but, you know, then Bill O'Brien joined the fray. What will that do to this quarterback room? How's that going to look? Like, it's going to get a little crazy in there. Probably not this year, but in the future. Well, yeah, think um, about it. I mean, you've got Aaron Nolan here now. He goes from having two quarterbacks in the Fiesta Bowl to five. Yeah. Now, with the addition of Will Howard, who I believe, people are like, Julian Sands going to be the starter. Uh, maybe. Again, it's, yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe Aaron Nolan is better than all those guys, and maybe he's the starter too, but... It's so hard to come in as a true freshman yeah. and be a starting quarterback. Yeah. It's so difficult. It's crazy hard. So, so I tell people, like, just relax. Like they brought Will Howard in. He's going to be the guy I would anticipate, unless someone beats him out. You know, everything, every job is always open for competition. And so, if uh, that happens, and yeah, one of those young guys would be the starter. But I think I anticipate it'd be Will Howard. And then it'll be a battle in the spring for the backup, battle in the fall. They'll probably carry that over. And then next spring, you'll probably get a chance to see these guys all slug it out and see where it goes. I but mean, pretty exciting stuff. That's a ton of dudes who are in that room, right? I mean, you got Devin Brown, Lincoln, Keen Holtz, who are here to end the season at the, at the Cotton Bowl. And Will Howard joined in the transfer portal. You had Aaron Nolan come onto campus, who, by the way, he was at the Ohio State women's basketball game on the court yesterday. Saw him take a selfie after the game with a court storm. That was good. Yeah. Uh, him and, I believe, the Armstrong brothers uh, from yeah. Cleveland St. Ignatius. They were yeah. also there having a great time. Who did you say on campus. was? Uh, what do you mean? Who did you say was all there? Um, oh, Aaron Nolan was there. Oh, yeah. At the oh, you also game. had, well, the girl, female, you had Lathan Ransom there. Yeah. I saw him on the side. Marvin Harrison was at the girls uh, at the ladies game, and there was Marv was at the uh, the men's game on Saturday too. Both, so Marv yeah. Marv doubled down on the hoops this weekend. Yeah, it's interesting. He's staying around here, hanging out and training and everything. Like he Marv is a great guy. I love. I really enjoy him. But then also, I get leave the show here, go over to you know work out, and Billy O'Brien's already there. Wow, drove eleven and a half hours straight up in. So he was there. You know, I thought he thought it was important to get there. And Kim and Ryan were excited to kind of have him there, even though Ryan was still down in Georgia recruiting, you know, talking to maybe, you know, some of those guys in the portal and trying to figure that all out and ultimately do. Uh, so obviously a huge day, but Bill O'Brien here already. I really like how this offense, how this staff is starting to come together. And so we'll see. There's probably going to be some more tweaks throughout the week, Beam. But I mean, this, I don't think you could have asked or expected. Any more positive momentum from January one to now for no. this Ohio State team? No, it's it's pretty unbelievable the amount uh, of dudes they've got to return, the amount of talent they have procured through the transfer portal, and then their guys coming in as freshmen too. Like it's pretty unbelievable, Bob. I mean, they're stockpiling, absolutely stockpiling uh, talent right now across the board. Interesting note on the Bill O'Brien situation. We had talked about on Friday when this came down on Thursday evening that Bill O'Brien was going to come here. I was under the thought and the impression that Corey Dennis was uh, going to leave the program because he ran out of contract. And then there's, and he still might, I I don't know. Uh, But the way that they worded it in the Bill O'Brien email that came out was that Corey Dennis is expected to return in a different capacity. Yes. And so, I mean, I think he could leave obviously if he wants, but you know, in a different capacity, they're trying to build that, that uh, coaching staff out, and maybe that's more of an off-the-field role analyst situation. You can only have 10 paid coaches on the staff, on the field, and so they're trying to figure that out, uh, where that goes. Do they? Does Bill O'Brien want to retain the rest of the offensive staff? Is, you know, Are there 
be some more moves there. You know, what does it look like? Special teams coach, does James Laurinaitis get promoted? There's a lot of questions that are still out there. But yes, Corey Dennis, as you said, Beam, as they, they noted to us that he will have the opportunity here to stay on in probably a, 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 obviously a different role, but how that looks, well, that remains to be seen. I think it's great. <laughs> I mean, if you can keep him as a coach and not really as a coach, technically speaking, uh, I think that's great. I mean, we talked about roster procurement and talent acquisition uh, on the player front, like on the coaching side, the same thing. So, uh, just mega news over the weekend when the Caleb Down when the Caleb Downs news came down on, on Friday evening. I mean, my my jaw came down. I was my jaw was on the floor. Like it, it felt like a grand coup that that they had pulled to be able to get him. And he, this defense was already loading up, you know, for this year, Bob. And we had mm-hmm. talked about it. Nine out of the eleven returning starters. Uh, coming back here and Cody Simon coming back, which again, you could put him in that bucket of like the 10th starter um, because he played so much. Uh, and then the addition of Caleb Downs, like this defense already again was, was getting ready to to load up for a monster season. Now with the addition of him back there, I mean, he's one of the great playmakers that you'll see true freshman at Alabama last year, all American, all freshman, all whatever. I mean, just an absolute game wrecker on the back end. And then you add him to already the pieces that are coming back. Like, this is a mo- this is a mo- this is a monster defense. So Caleb, Caleb Downs, phenomenal player in his own right. I believe SEC Freshman of the Year, probably one of the best, most talented safeties you're going to find anywhere. I mean, he's great against the run. He's good against the pass, man zone. He's explosive. He's a great tackler. Just a phenomenal athlete. And so, what his addition, what this does, number one, it free it, it adds a dynamic playmaker to the back end. And when you have Lathan Ransom back there, who's going to be returning, Lathan incredibly smart, has played a lot of football, understands things, can help get everything lined up, great tackler. Like he has that experience now, and then now you have that dynamicism um, to go along with it with Caleb Downs and uh, Lathan Ransom. So that pair there. And it gives you the freedom then to move Sonny Styles yeah. to potentially linebacker. Sonny's obviously a huge dude. He played a lot of safety, but he's getting bigger. You're trying to figure out where the best fit for him. And so you can pair him then potentially, you know, with a rotational piece with CJ Hicks, get him in there possibly some, but you could then move him to maybe more of an edge role if you want. Like it just gives you a lot of flexibility. And he'll be paired there with Cody Simon, who is a very similar type player to Lathan Ransom. Smart, cerebral, experienced, played a lot of football last year, understands the defense incredibly well. So you have two guys right down the middle who can communicate and understand things really well, paired with another guy who is a phenomenal athlete who can do a lot of things in a dynamic way. And so this gives us defense. Man, it is an element of um, consistency, but also that element to be explosive and be very impactful. Just his accolades uh, from Alabama this year. Um, as a true freshman, I mean, freshman of the year down in the SEC, second team AP All-American yeah. as a true freshman. That's led crazy. Alabama in tackles with 107, three and a half TFL, two picks, four pass breakups, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. And then is also a punt returner. Like, Really good. Yeah, returned a punt for a touchdown this year for Alabama. So uh, weapons all across the board defensively, and Ohio State getting better over the weekend with a couple of huge transfer portal additions. Bill Bender of the Sporting News, he's going to recap the divisional round with us in the NFL coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services traffic site. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A radio show hosted by two former football players. One slightly more successful than the other. You're listening to Morning Juice. Who's along here? Hey, a little Monday edition of the program. Divisional round of the NFL is done. And even watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, well, there's still time to get in to the game with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, you bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. FanDuel, they've got so many ways for you to pick up a dub. So if you want to, you can fade us. We've been awful picking uh, NFL playoff games. All these games have been tremendous, though. We've got the Packers and the Niners. That one went down to the wire. The only really kind of blowout uh, was Baltimore and Houston, and that was a good game for 30 minutes. Outside of that, man, all of these games good until the last drop this past weekend. Perfect. They were fantastic, Beam. So if you want to get started, don't follow our picks. Follow someone else's. Yeah. Uh, but goodness, it is going to be a robust weekend with San Francisco and Detroit. And then you look to the AFC, Kansas City, and Baltimore, some of the great quarterbacks. So get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So visit FanDuel.com slash juice today. That's FanDuel.com slash juice. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 order in President Ohio. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is now withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Right now we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Check with our great friend of the sporting news. He is Bill Bender. Bill, thanks as always for the time. Appreciate it. Before we jump into some NFL, let's talk some college ball. Uh, Friday night, perusing on the line on Twitter, and I see that Caleb Downs announces that he's going to be a Buckeye. That is followed up by Julian Sand, uh, number one quarterback in this class here coming in as a true freshman. Um, I know we're just a couple of years into the transfer portal, Bill, but have you any have you seen anything like this talent procurement that Ohio State seems to be after for these last couple of weeks? No, I mean, they're without question the, the biggest winner and the most aggressive offseason we've seen in recent memory. And it's not just the players out of the portal. It's hiring Bill O'Brien. It's a new athletic director. I mean, I think a lot of this response is Michigan won a national championship and there's a sense of urgency. And, I mean, Caleb Downs is the biggest one to me. He, he was the best, one of the best players on the field defensively last year for Alabama, I had a monster year. I thought he was one of the best players in the country. I mean, he was an All-American for us as a freshman at Sporting News. His talent is tremendous, and it gives Jim Knowles another really awesome piece to work with in the secondary. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty darn impressive. Gives him some flexibility uh, back there. Where are you at on the Bill O'Brien hiring uh, Bill? I mean, I don't want him to besmirch the great name of William that you guys share <laughs> Uh, but I, I felt like it was a pretty nice hire when you look at what he's been able to do in his history as a head coach in college and the NFL, and then also what he was able to get done coaching a Heisman Trophy winner at Bama. And it, it, it seems like there's maybe some mixed reviews about what people think you know, his ability to have success at Ohio State will look like. Well, it, it's a big step because, remember, last year at Big Ten Media Day, we were all asking Ryan Day through the spring if he was going to give up play calling. That was a story with Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino last year. And Bill O'Brien's a higher on that level where he has 
pro experience. He's worked with Tom Brady. He worked with Alabama. And what I think is going to happen, and I could be wrong about this, is I think Ohio State needs to get back to a 60-40 offense. And by that, I mean running the ball 60% of the time. And when they have Quinshot Judkins, Will Howard, and Travion Henderson, that that's playing to your strengths. If the offensive line comes through, that would look like what they did in 2019 and 2020. Yes, they ran the ball 60% of the time with Justin Fields at quarterback. They also you know, went to the playoff and were really close to a national championship those two years. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the biggest change with Bill O'Brien in Columbus. You know, Bill, I mean, we've, we've seen it. You know, it's crazy, all these coaching moves in college football. And Saban leaving has created, cast quite the ripple effect across college football. And then transfer portal windows are opened up 30 days from the time that a coach leaves. And it's just, I don't know, it just kind of seems like, seems like that's going to keep spinning until we get to the other uh, transfer portal window that's going to be open here a little bit later on uh, in this year. But Kalen DeBoer, I mean, we know he's tasked with a whole lot of stuff, right? I mean, trying to replace a legend with Nick Saban. Like, that's already going to be a tough job, but losing some 30 players to the portal uh, for Alabama. I mean, how do you envision that first year for him kind of going down in Tuscaloosa uh, with a mass defection from down at Bama? Well, I had a friend text me last night. He said, did Alabama run out of money? I said, no, they ran out of Nick Saban. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest factor here. It's, it's very similar regardless of portal or NIL. It's very similar to when Steve Spurrier left Florida to me. It, that's how this program could go. I mean, yes, they won national championships with Urban Meyer, but there was a lot of instability. It is a very tough job for Kalen DeBoer. Uh, they are going to get some transfers. They still have enough talent on the roster, but I mean, I would be worried when you lose a five-star quarterback and you lose Caleb Downs and you lose Proctor, the five-star offensive lineman. It, it's one thing to follow the guy. It's another to do it in the transfer portal era. It's a really tough job. Kalen DeBoer is a good coach, though. Mm-hmm. So for those that see it through, I think he'll do better than people expect. Yeah, I, I think he will. It'll just take some time. This year, I mean, you knew this was going to happen. Whenever he left, Bill, they're going to have to rip the Band-Aid off and eventually uh, make that move, and it was going to be painful for probably a season. But I think they're going to be able to get some guys from Washington, and Kalen DeBoer will take care of business there. Um, looking, uh, you know, Back at Michigan, winning a national championship, there, Jim Harbaugh is interviewed for a couple of head coaching jobs with the Chargers and with the Falcons. You know, the longer this thing goes, Bill, do you think that that bodes better or worse for him landing one of these positions? I still think he's going to end up with the Chargers, and that just makes the most sense. And I know the Falcons have a very interesting search going on because Belichick, Rabel, and Harbaugh are all involved. I, I do still think he'll go to the NFL. They will have a lot of roster attrition because a lot of those guys, they're going to have a big PSA at the NFL draft. They have a ton of guys in it, but they're too deep. It's a little bit different. Um, it's not going to be my biggest question for Michigan's roster is who's the quarterback going to be? Are they going to bring in a transfer quarterback? Because right now you're choosing between Alex Orgy, uh, Jack Tuttle, the seventh-year transfer quarterback that's trying to get a seventh year, and uh, Jaden Davis, a freshman. So J.J. McCarthy leaving on the field is probably their biggest pull on the roster right now.
He is Bill Bender, the Sporting News, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Take you to the divisional round over the weekend, Bill. Sorry about your Packers. They put up one heck of a fight in Santa Clara uh, on Saturday evening. Uh, just the future of Jordan Love, and I saw Shefty maybe say that you know the Packers are going to get negotiating here uh, with Jordan Love in the future and make him one of the highest-paid quarterbacks uh, across the league. I mean, future's bright in Green Bay. They just could not hold on to the football at the very end of the game and what was a terrific divisional round across the board. Well, you got to put away the San Francisco when you can. I mean, they miss some field goal. They allow the 49ers to draw the field or drive the field. And I, I don't know what Jordan Love saw on that throw, but again, as a, if I'm Chaley taking off, Brett Favre, the, Bill. Yeah. Well, you know what? Brett Favre did all right in the playoffs too. And you just learned to live with the, the good with the bad. And, um, it, it was tough because you're on one hand, you're as a fan, you're like, this is awesome or it's house money. And then you get in the game, Bobby, and you're like, yeah, they should be winning this game by more points. So I think the Debo Samuel injury looms large for this 49ers lions game coming up next week, but you know, great season by the Packers. I think they'll bring Jordan love back and you know, uh, a couple more pieces. They're going to be around for years to come, which is the best part of this year. Uh, how do you how do you like the Lions with what they've been able to do? Looked pretty darn impressive in the second half uh, 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 this weekend. I mean, they got a shot against the Niners. Then, what are your thoughts? Early thoughts on Baltimore, Kansas City? Well, I mean, Kansas City. I think we're just going to have three more weeks of Taylor Swift, aren't we? Because <laughs> they just won't die. Um, you know, I, I lost it when I saw Jason Kelsey. That was pretty cool. Honestly, um, thought Buffalo would win that game. You mentioned picking games. Horribly. I mean, I've been really bad against the spread in the playoffs. Um, I think I'm 500 straight up. Uh, these games have been really tough to pick. And these two this week are really tough to pick because I want to pick Baltimore and, and San Francisco. I think those are the two best teams. I think Baltimore should beat Kansas City, but it's Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is 3-1 and one against the Ravens and has 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh the Lions, same deal. I mean, I don't think that spread should be seven. I absolutely think Detroit can go in there and win this game, but that hinges on Jared Goff on the road. So I'm going to go 49ers and Ravens, so your listeners better yep. take the Lions and Chiefs. That's exactly what I'm going to do here later on in the week, Bill. Uh, so congratulations to Kansas City and congratulations to Detroit on making uh, the Super Bowl. Before we get you out of here, uh, off season it, it happens so fast in the NFL when you lose a playoff game, and especially the way uh, that Buffalo did. Had the lead, saw it crumble uh, a little bit. You had Stephon Diggs dropping 65-yard bombs from Josh Allen. Uh, wide right again in Buffalo. I mean, time is a flat circle. But you start to look at their cap constraints and it is going to be a tough off season in the city of Buffalo uh, with what's going on in their roster management this year. Yeah. I mean, we talk about franchises and heartaches and I know Cleveland and Cincinnati and Detroit always get in that discussion, but I mean, this has been happening to the Buffalo since I was a kid. Those forced, I think it's almost more painful to have a team that goes to four Super Bowls and loses the way that they lose in the playoffs with Josh Allen than it would be to just be two and 14 every year. That's just me. I mean, I would hate to be that close and keep losing. And yeah, that's a, a pretty bad loss. And like I said, I picked the bills to win the game. They had a, every opportunity didn't like the fake punt call at all. No, I, I mean, even though it, it was there and there was 10 players, it's still risky on that end. And I really think the momentum turned at that moment in a lot of ways and allowed can't, you can't give Patrick Mahomes more chances. You just can't. 
No, you can't. And they continue to do it. And again, it's what three out of the last four years that they have lost now to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Bill, always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us here this morning. Have a great week, buddy, and we'll check in again soon. All right. Yeah, I'm off to my daughter's spelling bee. You guys can talk about which words you missed in, in school. I, I know which one I did. Have a great week. You too. There he goes. Our good friend, Bill Bender, the Sporting News, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We had some pretty awesome history that we hadn't seen in 30-plus years in the sports realm yesterday. Get into that in Quick Hitters next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Keep on swiping that card, baby. Keep on swiping that card. Charge it to winning. This is Morning Juice. We're here on The Juice, brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, the leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can always visit them on the line over at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Right now, quick hitter time. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. Sponsored by Stella Rosa Wines. Stock up for game day with Stella Rosa Wines. Hey, Sharky. Yeah? Happy Monday to you. It is a happy, no, it's not a happy Monday. There's it's no a, such it's thing. It's a Monday. It's as good it of a Monday, a Monday as you can have as a Buckeye fan, though. I suppose, although it'd feel really good after a bowl victory, too. You know, a reaction Monday. Anyway, boys, Nick Dunlap was the only amateur in the field this weekend at the American Express in La Quinta, California. And lo and behold, he won the tournament by one stroke. 20 years old. Dunlap becomes the first amateur to win a PGA Tour event since Phil Mickelson in 1991, 33 years ago. And Beamer, because he is an amateur, Dunlap doesn't get the 500 FedEx Cup points or the $1.5 million paycheck. No, he doesn't get that, but he gets to say that you know he's in the history books of winning a PGA Tour event. As an amateur, uh, it is a remarkable you victory. Reclassify? Is there a he, portal he, during the round he, you can yeah. go from amateur to pro? Can I just say after I won, well, guys, I'm no longer being an amateur. I'm going to uh, become a pro today. You can't do that, unfortunately. Why like, not? If There's you, the transfer portal. If now he, NIL. He can turn pro now, like after this event. But if you designate yourself as an amateur and you play an event as an amateur, uh, you Unfortunately for him, uh, you cannot take the money. But the first am, am to win on the PGA Tour since Phil. It was the first player since Tiger Woods to be a reigning U.S. Am champion uh, to win on the PGA Tour. And he is the second youngest golfer in the last 90 years to win on the PGA Tour. I mean, if you were watching golf this summer at all and you were watching the U.S. Am, uh, our boy Neil Shipley here from Ohio State put up a great fight against him in the finals. Couldn't get it done. Uh, this kid is a force to be reckoned with. Now, interesting, he does qualify if he remains an Ambob. He does qualify for the Open Championship, um, which obviously is, is played over in England and uh, Scotland. Now, if he were to forego his amateur status now and become a tour pro, then he would not qualify for the Open Championship. Sounds but he like would, it's a bag of terribleness. But he would get a spot in the PGA Championship. So, you know, six in one hand, half dozen the other. Are you going to play in your last season in Alabama? There are no rules anymore. Guys can transfer after committing. Like, yeah. 
get in the portal, you're getting paid, and then all of a sudden now you're an amateur, you're not. I want to play the match as an amateur, but get paid as a professional. Guys, what's better than that? How about that? What's better than that? Reclassify. Who's got it better than us? Who said, Shark, come on, take the money and run? Stevie Miller. There we go. His band, too. They could all join the party. Why not? What are we talking about? I've always thought that these amateurs, when they win some money, should have that money put into a yeah, trust or something. Account. And then yeah. when they graduate from college, they can get their hands on it. It's, it's Bazudenhout shouldn't get the one and a half million <laughs> yeah. for finishing second. Right. You know? Anyway, it's uh, pretty awesome. To, uh, did you watch? Yeah. You watch the end of it? Oh yeah. So he's there with Justin Thomas, and Justin Thomas played at Alabama. And for a kid who's, you know, twenty years old and fifty days or whatever that he is, um, he was joking around the eighteenth on the eighteenth fairway. He's got a one shot lead. Like you par this sucker, you're going to win. Like it's a water all up the left hand side. Like it's a pretty gnarly finishing hole. Like one hook, all of a sudden you go from yeah. winning and dropping down to third or fourth. Uh, and JT being right there was really neat because he was having some fun. He was like, I think I just smoked that person up there on the right-hand side with that my drive. Mm. Got a little nervous, and JT's laughing. He's like, come on, buddy. Let's finish this thing out here. So it was kind of cool for JT to be like, kind of, you blow know, this big like, dog. yeah, like, let's get let's get baby bird in the nest. Like, come on, flap your <laughs> wings and fly. Like, it, it was a pretty it was a pretty cool scene. You'll notice he didn't go anywhere near that left side no, on his on no, the drive didn't. on 18. <laughs> and he still had to knock down a six footer. Yeah. I mean, that was a knee knocker just to just to win that thing and not go to sudden death. Following the 2020 NFL season, the Philadelphia Eagles fired head coach Doug Peterson just three years after he took the team to a Super Bowl victory. The reason for the axe was because Peterson and the front office didn't see eye to eye on coaching staff changes. So he got the boot. Nick Sirianni's currently on the hot seat after Philly's late season collapse and the uh, quick exit in the playoffs. Unlike Peterson, Sirianni is listening to the front office. Just a year after naming Sean Desai as his defensive coordinator, he has demoted Desai. And Bob, I don't think that Matt Patricia is going to get that job. Yeah, they well, Patricia took over during the season. It's interesting because anytime you try to make a philosophical shift, it's really hard, and some of that's personnel-based. I wouldn't rule out Patricia completely, but... Yeah, it was. You knew that these were things were going to happen. Their defense was atrocious. Yeah. Their tackling was awful. And Albert Breer said he's like, if he didn't make moves, then he might be on the chopping block. So I think it was safe to say something was going to happen. Yeah, it was. And unlike Doug Peterson, he was listening to his bosses and take the word. So Sean Desai out. I uh, would have a hard time imagining, like Shark just said, Matt Patricia getting a look uh, as the defensive coordinator again. Who knows if he's going to be out retained on staff. They're searching for answers in Philly because anytime you're shot out of a cannon, you're 10-1 and one to start the year, and then you finish with six out of the seven last six out of seven losses uh, to end the season. I mean, that's a pretty gnarly situation. So they're looking for, for answers right now in, in Philly. Ken Niamatololo is Navy's all-time winningest football coach with 109 victories in 15 seasons there in Annapolis. Took the midshipman to 11 bowl games, but some down years at the end cost him his job last season. Now he is back. San Jose State Ooh. has hired Niamatololo, who is now 58 years old. He replaces Brett Brent Brennan, who left San Jose State last week to take over at Arizona. Beamer, it remains to be seen what kind of offense Niamatololo will run there at SJ. You know, I was so excited when I saw this headline. I'm like, okay, option football is back. You know, we know that Navy and we know that Army love to run the triple option. Is it 
possibly going to come back to a city near you in the lovely town of San Jose. And then Ken, Ken Niamatololo said he's not expected to run the option offense, which really? I think is I think it is a great travesty in college football that another proud program in San Jose State will not be running that. I thought that was going to be the case. I loved it when Paul Johnson took the yeah. Georgia Tech. They had a lot of success with it there. I enjoy watching it. I know that there might be some limitations to it, but... It's always fun, and that's what you like about college football is it's not just the same thing. We're getting there where everybody does runs these homogenous offenses where it's just all 11 personnel, three wides, one tight end, and limited run game. So I was looking for a little diversity here. Unfortunately, that will not happen apparently, but good for Ken getting another shot because I always liked him in Navy. I did too, man. He's a great coach, and it says here, sources said... I was there at the game when he got fired in 19. Oh, uh, the uh, Army Navy game. Yeah, right after the game, he, it was like on or the no. side. Yeah, it, it was, was a lot. Was it nineteen or was it two last year? Twenty, twenty-two, yeah. twenty-two, two years ago. Yeah, it was like on the sidelines. Yeah, like immediately in the, in after the locker the game. room, they canned him. Sources said that Niamatololo will prioritize hiring a youthful staff mm. that includes an offensive coordinator who will bring some type of wide open and pass heavy system. Staff. There we go. I like that. <laughs> that is. Great. So Ages, not, ageism. So not going the triple Creed option Brett, route. Creed Brett not getting hired there. He's probably not. www.creedthoughts.gov backslash creedthoughts. The Buckeyes big weekend has one SEC coach losing his absolute mind. Do that in the re-rack next. Morning juice right here. In the- Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Here's a list of undisputed facts. Beamer is round. Shark was a swinger. And no one derails a show like Bobby Carpenter. No one. This is Morning Juice. Hour number two of the program for us on a Monday. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Coming up here at 735 this morning. We will check in. The head coach of the Ohio State University women's basketball team, Kevin McGuff. Hot off the heels of a massive victory over at the shot yesterday. 192 victories. In overtime against Iowa, Iowa led 70-58 to with just under nine minutes left. Buckeyes came back. Huge, huge win for that program. So Kevin McGuff, he's going to join us at 735 this morning. And then Joshua Perry, he's going to join us at 835. We're going to talk some college football offseason with JP a little bit later on in the program. Right now, let's hit a re-rack. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning, it's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, the largest selection of pool tables, darts, and shuffleboard in central Ohio. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. It was an awesome day yesterday. I mean, the football was really good. The golf was good. I know Shark and I were sickos and was watching Nick Dunlap come down the wires. First amateur to win since Phil in 30-some years. Um... It all got started off the tone did of the day with the Buckeyes women's team. Again, 192 victors in overtime. 18,900 people in the shot. Packed. I saw Dan Hope tweet out a video. Um, you know, because the upper bowl, I think, was general admission. Uh, so you could, you know, get the, get up there and kind of sit wherever you wanted to. Um, I mean, the line to get into the shot was remarkable. Um, so if you know, you know, the, the big parking lot kind of right across the street from Bill Davis Stadium, the baseball stadium, uh, and then that rotunda, what would that be? The Northwest Rotunda, 
uh, where you enter in at. Yeah. So the line went from the northwest rotunda all the way out to the parking lot and like circled around to kind of the players' entrance, like the line to get in uh, to the building yesterday. I mean, it was tremendous. Caitlin Clark was in town and she held up her end of the bargain. Forty-five points yesterday. Buckeyes down twelve with just under nine minutes left to go in the final frame in the fourth quarter, and they came back and and won. Uh, in dramatic fashion in overtime. And tell you what, I know it probably hasn't been the season that Cody McMahon has been expecting. Uh, I think she would tell you that, but when the team needed her the very most, she gave you her very best. She was stellar yesterday. 33 points, 9 of 14 from the line, and then also brought down 12 rebounds. A couple assists and a steal, a couple of blocks. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a great performance by them yesterday in a huge win, sending Iowa home with their first conference loss of the year. It was uh, it was big, man. Very exciting there. Uh, the game it was a sold out environment at the great. shot. They opened up the you know the upper upper bowl about a month ago, and I didn't realize for that beam that's like a first come first uh, yeah. first come first serve situation there for the women's games. There's not seat assignments, so. People lined up, pouring in there to see it, over 18,000. 18,660 people. And you, you feel good about it. I mean, it's tickets for 300 bucks to get in, and it was good till the last drop. They gave you OT, and it came away with a win. Everything you wanted it to be. Men's team got a victory over Penn State yep. on Saturday. A lot of good news with the Ohio State football team and the portal. I mean, it was just really a great weekend for the Buckeyes all around. And that kind of culminated everything on Sunday with what was hopefully going to be the crescendo, and it actually paid off. 18,660 people at the shot is a record broken. Previous high at a women's basketball game in that building was 17,525, which think. happened in 2005 against yeah. Penn State. You're right. I mean, the door, the line to get in was insane. Uh, and it was a great environment. People deep, <laughs> it was a great environment, and they came out with a victory. And here was Cody McMahon yesterday talking about the personal burden that she felt to lift them to a victory. Honestly, as we know, like I've been struggling the past couple of um, games, but you know, I kind of knew like this game, my team needed me no matter what, and you know, we weren't, we refused to lose this game. So I knew I had to do everything that I could, just as far as rebounding, being a good teammate, making sure I got the good looks, the good passes, and stuff like that. So that's really all I was focused on. The atmosphere was great. I've Obviously, having good energy around me helped me kind of keep that going. But, you know, just kind of playing for my team, that's really what motivated me. She was really good. And J.C. She Shelton. Panic and passion beam. That's right. Well, she's an elf. Why do you think I said yeah, that? She's beam? an elf. I've she led is. you right where you want to go. <laughs> yeah, okay. you did. Thanks for the alley-oop, man, Come on now. Right off the backboard. J.C. Selden talking about this, the toughness of their team. We have that grittiness, grittiness in us. And I think, mm. you know, that's been there throughout the years. And this team has it, too. And I think um, we've been doubted in that area. And I think, you know, we, like Cody said, we we're going to refuse to lose. So we just sticked with it, stayed together, and um, really important in that big of a game. And I didn't even know, you said we were down 12. In our minds, we were just fighting to get back. Um, that was our main focus. Hey, it doesn't matter what the score is. We're just fighting to get back. You love it. And that's it wasn't like it was a smooth sailing game where they controlled it. You mentioned the deficit there. They were able to battle back from that uh, tremendous. You talk about the grit. That's what you love. I mean, this team last year, they were fun to watch mm-hmm. because you know they play hard. They play together. They're tough. Uh, Kevin's done a great job building a, a tremendous yeah. culture there as they had in the Iowa Hawkeyes, their first conference loss. And, and you look at this team now, like you beat a team that's that good. It's like, hey, you know, I mean, this is a second weekend tournament team. And I think last year with Elite Eight is what they made it to. Yeah, they were close to the final four. Yeah, right there on the, on the cusp. And we were flying back from spring break. I think we watched them play. Was it Duke or North Carolina? Who did they play in the tournament? Uh, well, they they. 
beat UConn, right? Uh, they, they beat they, UConn they before. I think it was Virginia Tech they, they, they lost. Lost to, but I want to say maybe in the round of 32, they beat Duke or North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. We were watching it in the airport, and it was great like watching my kids sit there and, and absorb all that and, and get into it. So hopefully they continue this this run here, get a little momentum, have a little run in the Big Ten tournament, and then have a, a chance to put a little run together in March. James Madison last year in the first round, North Carolina Boom, in the look second. At that. Look at that memory, Beam. 71-69 victors. They hammered UConn 73-61 and then ultimately got clipped yeah, uh, in the Elite The North Carolina game was close. It was a, it was a tight one <laughs> in the second round. <laughs> We're going to talk to Kevin McGuff, uh, head coach of the Ohio State women's basketball program, coming up here at 7.35. The good old court storm yesterday, uh, which was which is great. Uh, just keep your head on a swivel if you're if you're storm of the court, you know, just for both parties. If you're Caitlin Clark, yeah, keep your head on a swivel. Well, if mean, you're the fan, maybe don't run out with the looking into your screen while trying to get into the mess. Just be aware of there are other people. Like I'm a fan of court storming. I'm a fan of field storming. I when agree. appropriate. I thought that was an appropriate time for yes. that. It was a great game. You'd be a huge opponent. It's at home. It's a packed house. Be respectful of the other team. And not this was an incidental thing. But like, dude, look both ways before crossing the street, too. Like, you're running onto the court. I mean, Caitlin Clark, I understand. Should she have had some awareness? Probably. You know, she's a phenomenal athlete. Has great court vision and all that. Maybe... <laughs> Could have used a little bit of it at that moment, but you're also walking down like you're dejected, your head's down. And we've got this this young lady, probably a student, looked like she was running out of the student section, staring into her phone. Like I said, I thought she was videoing what was going on. Beam, your point was probably more accurate where she's probably videoing herself, my reaction of running yeah. on the court. So you're trying to drive while looking into the, your rearview mirror, essentially, and runs right into Kaylin Clark. And, you know, Kaylin, I think she just gives a lot of ground. She has no idea what's going on. But just be respectful of the opposition when you get out there. And like I said, that wasn't intentional, obviously. But make sure that you're doing it in a great way. Celebrate your team and allow their team, the opposition to get off the court and get to the locker room. And just respect the process, respect the game. Like Dan Campbell says, respect the game, Beam. That's what it's all about. i got to respect it. Uh, next up for them, Illinois at Illinois on Thursday. Men's team with a 79-67 victory over Penn State on Saturday. I was at that game, was in the building. Ohio State got out to a huge lead, 16 to nothing. Penn State didn't score for the first seven minutes. Uh, the first bucket that they had was mm. a three-point field, like floater three-pointer. Nice the guy jumped, in the, jumped into the air and was drifting towards the basket, but it left his feet before he crossed the three-point line, banked it in was the way that they got their first three points of the game. I'm like, oh no, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, so it was a good defensive effort. And then the lead, it kind of stayed there. I mean, it was 16 and then it was 18, then it was 20-some. And then with about like eight minutes left to go, Bob, I think it was an 18-point lead or a 20-point lead. I'm like, still don't feel comfortable. Still... I'm yeah, a little, watch that still, I'm a little nervous. And then it went from 18 down to 15 down to 12. Then, mm. it, then it got to 9 and the building was like, oh boy. This is... This is not a great situation, but you made your free throws and you came away with a victory, which was huge. So a 79-67 win uh, in this game, and here is Holtman after the game about jumping out to that big lead. I thought we had a real pop defensively. Uh, Now they missed a couple shots, but a lot of those were challenged around the rim. I just thought we had real pop defensively, and um, that kind of led the way. I thought our defense imposed itself in that stretch. I think they did really well. Evan Evan Mahaffey, great game out of him offensively and defensively. Like, if you get 10 points out of him oh, every Tim game. Was, like that. I mean, that's fa- that's found. Tim had out the full bottle of lotion on Mahaffey after the game. He was fired up. I mean, it was... Listening to him in the post game. <laughs> it was almost uncomfortable driving. We were driving to our, our kids' hoops game in Pickerington, and I'm listening to Tim just get so excited about it. It was good. 
It was fun, but that, this this was a big win. Yeah. It's kind of put the tourniquet on, stop the bleeding. Yep. I mean, you didn't really shoot great from behind the arc. Uh, no, that's an understatement. <laughs> Three of eighteen for a whopping sixteen and change percent. They were zero for twelve, I think, in their first twelve. But they were eighty percent from the line. Yep. So twenty two or eighty eight rather twenty two of twenty five, which helps offset that. You mentioned how well Mahaffey played. Which was uh, tremendous. I thought Devin Royal, when in his minutes, he yep. was stellar inside. His offensive game was really nice. Gale got going a little more. Yep. wasn't great from behind the arc. That was kind of a motif for everybody, but mm-hmm. was much better. Uh, obviously, from the rest of the court, doing a great job. And they, Akpara chipped in eight. Like this is what you need. You need Felix to give you eight to ten, like four to six. Okay, eight to ten. Feel a little better with that. You know, battle chips in eleven. And all of a sudden, you got Gale, like, and, and Thornton didn't have a great game, like, so that feels feels a lot better that you're able to get a win like that. Probably your best, most consistent player with Bruce Thornton doesn't give you a lot, um, you know. But he can always obviously give you some stuff other places, five boards, uh, getting it done, six assists, so does it in other yeah. ways. And it was just critical. You didn't want to have the death spiral beam, and no. you're, everybody starts like looking at you, oh, no, this is not feeling good. <laughs> and they're able to pull out of it, so big win for Chris Holtman's group. I'm very excited for him. Yeah, biggest takeaway for me, to your point about Bruce Thornton, Bruce Thornton had a bad game. Uh, you weren't able to make a three. and Poor you some- shooting game. Yeah, and you somehow managed to beat a Big Ten team by 12. Like, okay, yeah. that probably isn't going to happen again, and you still got a victory. It was a big it's weekend. It's good that you're able to do that, though. I mean, Zed gives you 10 off the bench. Yeah. Royal gives you eight. Like, there's... It's nice to see that if that happens, you can do it. You don't want to make a habit of it, but other guys pick up the slack. Uh, it was a huge weekend for the Buckeyes, uh, and it got kick-started on Friday. Caleb Downs announcing that he's coming to Ohio State. What a grand coup that was. And then it finished off yesterday by Julian Sand, quarterback, number one in the country, announcing that he's transferring from Alabama. So you get uh, Seth McLaughlin, the center, from Alabama. You get Caleb yeah. Downs, the true freshman, freshman of the year, second team AP All-American, uh, to announce that. And then you get another quarterback into that room. Uh, it's, it was a grand well, weekend. Downs has for the two years too. Yeah. So this is not like it's yes. a one and done type situation. I mean, he has a couple seasons to play before he's draft eligible, which is very exciting for the long term prospects as well. I mean, it was a massive week, massive get Huge. for them. Massive, massive get with Caleb Downs announcing uh, that he's going to be a Buckeye. And then you had Lane Kiffin so fired up that he tweeted out an article that Ohio State spent $13 million this offseason. Well, Lane's just salty because they <laughs> spent a ton in the portal and didn't. now it's like that's kind of a second-tier story because Bama's players became available and Ohio State's really been able to kind of clean up uh, their answer a lot of questions. And then also they had a lot of their own guys return while poaching one from Lane's squad as well with Mr. Junkins. Time is a flat circle for Bills fans. Get into the NFL Divisional Round coming up next. Morning Juice right here on the Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 
What's the going rate for a good babysitter? Also, Shark needs a raise. You're listening to Morning Juice. Let's talk a lot of hoops in our last segment. Buckeye women's got a massive victory against Iowa yesterday. Kevin McGuffey's going to join us here around 735 this morning. Head coach for your Ohio State women's basketball team. Men's team with a big win. They're at Nebraska ball tomorrow. The men's team are. Uh, and then they're back at action. And you know what? We're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to see them take on Illinois at home at the shot Tuesday, January 30th. We're going to do that a little bit later on uh, here in the program. So all kinds of good stuff to come up. Divisional round was really good uh, this weekend. It usually is. I mean, it delivers, right? I got sad on Saturday night uh, when the San Francisco 49ers were mounting their comeback against the Green Bay Packers uh, that after that game had ended, that we would only have five games left of football through the season. I got a very, usually I get that feeling when the 60 minutes clock starts ticking on Sunday evening. I started to get the Sunday scaries like yeah. that sets in. And in the waning moments when Green Bay got the ball back before uh, Jordan Love threw that game uh, ending interception to San Francisco, I got, I got a, just an overwhelming feeling of sadness that we were only down to five games left of football. It's yeah. very sad. It's uh, it's it's a little bumpy, Beam. We're right there on the cusp now. It's w- one weekend, then a bye weekend, and then it's over. So football season is rapidly coming to a close, and I will tell you that that is a little bit scary for everybody because it's been so good this year. Yeah. And you know, college football ended about a month ago. Well, a couple of weeks ago, for Iowa State, about you know, going to be a month ago here soon. Uh, a lot of positive news there. But these games have been great, and it's been awesome to see these storylines manifest themselves. I wish I could have, you know, maybe saw Josh Allen get over the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs hump and the Bills. Uh, but there is zero chance I think you're going to be able to have Buffalo and Detroit both get wins in the same weekend and both move on to conference title games. Like you can't have nice things like that uh, for two fan bases that are just starving, that love it, that had tremendous passion and provided great environments there uh, this weekend. Uh, Ravens looked really good, uh, really, really good, and it's going to be tough for Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City have to go into that building uh, to do that. So that one is... classic matchup, though. Oh, yeah. That's the early game coming up here on Sunday on Championship Weekend. I think that's a 3 o'clock game. Then the NFC game, which is the Lions and the 49ers, is the 6.30 start uh, in this one. The... The 49ers game was all the way down to the wire. I mean, the Green Bay Packers had them on the brink. Debo Samuel went out of the game, and all of a sudden that 49ers offense just kind of started to spiral. Now, they did put together a heck of a drive to score a touchdown uh, at the very end of the game. You gave Jordan Love the football back with what? Under the two-minute warning or right around the two-minute warning. I Uh, thought they were going to go down and score. I did, too. I had the full belief that at least a field goal. I thought we were seeing overtime in that one for sure. And what did he throw the interception with? I mean, there was plenty of time left. It, it seemed like it was oh, a little Oh, it bit. was like a minute and 40 seconds, and yeah. they had all three timeouts, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said it was very Brett Favre-esque. Like, it, it seemed a little hasty. I understand if that's like third and 14 or fourth down, whatever, but, you know, he's a young player. He's learning that roster's really young. They're right there on the cusp. And that would be like a classic 90s matchup of Niners and uh, Packers. And the Niners got the best of them. We'll see if they can battle their way back to the Super Bowl, but we're going to get a great one between them and Detroit. It was a really good one yesterday in the Lions game. <laughs> Baker looked really good and then had the back-breaking pick at the end. Um, but Dan Campbell and this Detroit Lions team, now they have to take the show on the road to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this is a team that, you know, last week in their wild card round game against Matt Stafford, like they were shot out of a cannon early. They did a lot of their scoring, and then defense stood up late. It was kind of reverse the script 
Yeah. From what we saw yesterday, I mean, their offense, both offenses had a tough time kind of getting going uh, in the first half. In the second half, that Detroit Lions offense, man, it started to hum, and they were doing all kinds of different things. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery is so a one-two fast. punch. Really Jameer's good. So Laporta fast. out of the backfield. Amon Ross St. Brown, like all these different dudes and weapons. Uh, and Jared Goff leading the charge. Like they are a fun team to watch. And Dan Campbell after the game yesterday uh, was confidence that in that at really at this point that the Lions would be here and in this conversation. I envisioned that we would have a chance to compete with the big boys, and that's where we're at. All you got to do is get in, and it's about placing yourself the very best position to where you can move. You get a home game, and then maybe you get a second home game, and now all of a sudden it gets a little easier. You know, if you're able to get a one seed, you only got to win two games, right? And so that's always the objective. But ultimately, once you get in, then it's about matchups, and you find a way to win. And you may have to win two to nothing, and it's okay. A win's a win in the playoffs. So, you know, here we are. This halftime interview is great, too, coming out. Like, Gosh. Hey, we, we know it. We know it's going to be a tough fight. We understand. Go out there. Keep on having fun. Yeah. <laughs> he hard. never I mean, changes. But with him and Todd Bowles, you heard they're very, very matter of fact. Like, do you think we're going to come in here and win by 21? Like, yeah. roll out the second half and just chill, run the clock out? Like, no. We're where we need to be. It's hard. We played a hard game. They're good. We're good. We've got to come out and get a stop. we got to get some scores. This is right where you expected to be. Both of those guys, and they addressed it as I'm listening to it. I know Dan pretty well. Never played with him in Dallas. I missed him. He was at Detroit when I was there, but he would always be back in uh, Dallas. It's where he lived in the offseason. He's a Texas guy. And then Todd Bowles coached me in Dallas for a couple of seasons. And Dan co- or Todd was on that staff with Dan when, when Dan was there as well in 2004 and five, And it, it was remarkable to kind of see that, but listening to both of those guys, it, it is so much just, here's what it is. And it all comes from like Bill Parcells. And, you know, they, they address that in the broadcast afterwards with Collinsworth and Tariko. Just, they're so matter of fact. And that's why those guys, like their they're players, you know, they, they gravitate towards them. They're honest with them. And to think that like they expected anything else. Like we expected this. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality. You've got to expect that it's going to be hard. Don't expect it to be easy. And so they were right there, both of those teams, and we saw a battle to the very end, and it was just literally a matter of who was going to blink first. Yeah, and unfortunately, Baker threw that pick. Uh, now and Baker had a great year. Yes, he did. He did a really good job. He played yes, well he in that game. I mean, that was, it was a really good game. They had a lot, again, they, they had a lot of drops yesterday. They did. A lot of drops. So did the Bills. Like Josh yeah. Allen played really well too. Both Baker and Josh Allen, like their receivers let them down a little bit. Here, Baker put it on him. He did. Josh Allen after the game, which was maybe one of the best game of the weekend that we saw. I mean, you knew it was going to be good. You knew Kansas City and Buffalo was going to be great, right? I mean, that's why it got the six thirty time mm-hmm. slot on Sunday night. By the way, good job uh, NFL for putting those games at six thirty. Like that was great. It was over at ten o'clock last night. It was uh, a wins, man. Like the, the time slots. I don't mind late Saturday, Sunday. That three and six thirty window is tremendous. It really is good. Josh Allen, how they can't beat the boogeyman. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think it's a big change. I think it's just, again, we've got to find a way to score one more point than they do. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. It's one happy team at the end of the season, really. And when it's not you and you're so close, it just it sucks. Three out of the last four years, they've lost to Kansas City. Two of them have been at Arrowhead. This one happening last night in Orchard Park. I mean, the shot that they showed immediately after Tyler Bass missed the potential game-tying field goal um, to nod that up, 
they panned to a Bills fan and he was wearing a beanie and like you could immediately see like tears. I'm like, yeah. I I get it, man. I the reality of the season that you had and them kind of messing around in the middle, firing their offensive coordinator, finding themselves again, going on an unbelievable win streak to end the year. We're playing getting playoff the, football for the last two months. Getting the second seed mm-hmm. in the NFL playoffs and then to have your season end like that and end abruptly. And you we talk about, you know, the climb back up the mountain, Bob. And like all of a sudden your season ends immediately. You've been playing winter go home football for the better part of the last two months. And now to be sitting here with another Another year. It's, I mean, you're one more year away from getting back to that yeah. same point. That is such a long, long, lonely road to be staring down the barrel of. Well, and it's it's one that's going to be done differently. Buffalo has a lot of cap constraints. They've got a vet older defense. Their safeties are in their 30s. Like they, There's a lot of things that are going to change. The NFL is not a static league. It is dynamic. There's changes that happen each and every year. And, you know, for better or worse, that's just kind of the reality of what it is. So, can they get back there? Yeah, maybe, but it's your window. You have windows with your team. Now you have Josh Allen, so you're always going to be in good. Well, you have him, and he's doing what he's doing, but they've got to continue to retool and rebuild around him now, and this team will not be the same next year. It'll be it'll be a lot vastly different. That throw that he had to Stephon Diggs that was put right in the breadbasket, like 65 couldn't, couldn't yards down the field. I mean, and That thing went 50, 75, 80 feet in the air. It was crazy. And he dropped it right in on him. Mm. Got to make those plays. You got to make the plays. So they go home yet again to the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. Your championship weekend, you have Detroit ta- traveling to San Francisco at a 6.30 on Sunday. And then the AFC title game, the Kansas City Chiefs taking their show on the road uh, to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Winner, of course, will be heading out to Vegas uh, and matching up here in a few weeks' time in the Super Bowl. Buckeyes knocked off Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes yesterday with a monster win. Over at the shot, head coach of the Buckeyes, Kevin McGuff, he's going to join us. We'll break it all down with him next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. The morning drive has some slow spots out there. 33 westbound after Gender Road. There is an accident. It's on the right side, but causing some stop-and-go delays. Taking a live look at the camera, 33 at Gender Road. Traffic is pretty backed up and really seeing pretty heavy traffic in both directions here. Also on the south side, 270 at Lockbourne Road, we do have some moderate heavy pockets of traffic here. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The hardest part of your workday is over. You've managed to get out of your fart sack. Attention campers, lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. This is Morning Juice. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Sharp. Cruising along here on a Monday edition of the program. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and check in with the head coach of your Ohio State women's basketball team. He is Kevin McGuff. Coach, first and foremost, thank you for the time. Always appreciated here. Second of all, congratulations. Monster win yesterday. Come from behind victory against the Iowa Hawkeyes at home. 
what was that environment like, Coach? Because I wasn't able to make it in the building yesterday, but I know that 18,660 of uh, some great Buckeye fans were. It had to be a remarkable atmosphere uh, that your team played in front of yesterday. Incredible environment. I'm just so happy that, you know, the, the fans came out and supported us like they did. This is an incredible community that, you know, supports all Ohio State athletics, but specifically our program in women's sports in general. So is there anything that you prepare differently for with that, Kevin, understanding that you know you knew that this is going to be Caitlin Clark coming to town, Iowa, huge conference game, but then also, you know, 18,000 plus and really – maybe the pressure and intensity and everything else surrounding this game would maybe be amplified a little more. Yeah. You know, we, we looked at a couple different scenarios to try to basically when you're, when you're playing against Caitlin Clark, you got to make some decisions. And and I think the (laughs) biggest ones are, are you going to, are you going to try to take her out of the game and let everybody else kind of do their thing? Are you going to basically take everybody around her out and, and let her do her thing? And, and we kind of we kind of settled on number one. We were going to do what we do and stick to, stick to who we are as a team and in our basic philosophies. And we kind of tried to take everybody else away because she's so good at making everybody around her better. And we knew she was going to get hers, and she did. She scored forty five points, uh, and she was amazing. Uh, she had a great game yesterday. But but we I felt like we guarded everybody else pretty well, and that gave us just just enough. Uh, to give us a chance to win the game. You know, Kevin, it's so fascinating to, to watch your team play. And yesterday, obviously, huge atmosphere and Caitlin Clark in town. Do you have a number uh, that you feel like, and I know that, that your team is obviously very focused on getting turnovers with the press. Do you have a number that you feel like uh, going into each and every game that maybe revolve and say, all right, if we get to this number uh, of turnovers that we force, we feel pretty good about this situation? We we usually if we get up into the 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 twenties we we rarely lose if we we can turn somebody over twenty times because we we we've gotten really good at taking turnovers and turning them into points uh, so if we get into the twenties we, we usually win now we didn't get there yesterday but we still scored enough obviously to win the game uh, yeah it's uh, absolutely tremendous heading into overtime thought process is there is it obviously you knew it was going to be a tight tight one down the stretch yeah no it was like. I, I was, uh, quite frankly, a little rattled because we had such good opportunities and regulation to win. And I was like, oh, my gosh, man. We uh, Hopefully we didn't let one slip away here. Um, but our, our kids felt a lot of confidence. Because we had come from behind, we were down 12 points, we came back, and we kind of got the game back under control, and, and then we went into overtime. So our, our kids were confident. I didn't. A lot of times in that situation, you have to instill some confidence in them. But I, when I walked into the huddle after meeting with the coaches before – we tipped it up in overtime. Our, I could tell, I could sense our kids' confidence, and I felt really good at that point. He is head coach of the Ohio State women's basketball program. Kevin McGuff with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. You mentioned it, Coach. Uh, down 12, 70-58, to 58, just under nine minutes left to go uh, in the game. I mean, what are you saying? I, we, we heard from JC a little bit earlier on, played that. I was listening to her post-game comments saying, you know, we didn't really even realize we were down 12. We were just trying to find a way to get back into the game. I mean, what was said uh, knowing that that thing could have uh, maybe spun out of control, but the resiliency uh, brought your team back here? Yeah, we called timeout, obviously, and just went into the huddle and just said, hey, man, we got this. It's like, listen, if we get back to, to getting back, we, we got a little sloppy in transition defense during that stretch, and so we talked about that. And then we also weren't quite moving the ball against their zone as well as we had been. And so we really emphasized those two points and, and came out of that and started doing those two things and, and got back in the game. Uh, so, you know, moving forward, does this get, you know, is it one like that? I mean, is it more than just one victory? 
on the stat sheet, Kevin. I mean, do you feel like this could be something that maybe catapults you, obviously, to doing some big things, not only you know in the conference season this year, but potentially beyond? I think so. I'll tell you this. I told the team, like, we wouldn't have won this game three weeks ago. We're getting better. And, you know, just the way these seasons play out each year, they're a little different. And we peaked really early last year. We were really good early in the season. Um, and, and this year's team is just, it's kind of a slow burn. And I think we're going to continue to get better. Um, and I think we're going to play our best basketball down the stretch. Now, I think the interesting thing with this group now is we took a couple tough losses early this year and we handled those. Well, we, we bounced back. Now we got to handle a big win. And so it's going to be really important the way we practice the next couple of days before we head to Illinois. You know, Coach, uh, it was great to watch Cody McMahon kind of bounce back. And, you know, she even said it like, yeah, been going through a tough spell. But, I mean, she is a terrific player and was doing everything you could possibly want yesterday. 33, 33 points for her. She played in all but a couple of minutes, 41 on the big board, 12 rebounds, a couple assists, got a steal in there, a couple of blocks. I mean, when she's playing on her game like that, Coach, uh, how much does it open up the rest of your team to be able to do things freely uh, and what they need to accomplish? She was incredible. Gosh, I mean, she played with such heart and passion yesterday. I was so proud of her. And, um, you know, she had a really tough stretch right before the Christmas break. and She just did not play well. And But she came back from the break, and she has practiced so hard every single day. So I was really happy to see her, you know, play so well in yesterday's game. And I, I think she's only going to continue to, to get better this year. How much of a uh, launching point do you look at, not only this game, but going back to the last game against Maryland? Bob and I were talking about it last week um, when you guys got the victory. Um, it was a, it was a great victory, and they've only had seven losses in the last ten years at home. I mean that that place to go uh, in College Park is brutal. Do you feel like that gave you a nice like launching point heading into this game? Absolutely, I think that gave us a lot of confidence. And really, when we started last Saturday, the the day before Michigan State, I was looking at this week, and I was just like, oh my gosh, we're playing Michigan State, <laughs> who's the most improved team in the conference. And we had to grind that one out at home. Then we got to go to Maryland. Then we got Iowa coming in. I mean, this week was just an absolute gauntlet. So for us to get through this unscathed was just just a really just great testament to how hard this team is working. Just really proud of our group. You get JC back, and obviously her leadership, incredibly impactful, I'm sure, in games like this. But do you you have a minute count on her, Coach? Because it seems like, I mean, she's out there all the time playing 45 minutes in this just relentless, seems to never get tired, but is, is there a point where you try to maybe dial her back a little bit? Yeah, it's 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 like we try to get her off the court, and then something doesn't go right, and I'm screaming at my assistant <laughs> to get her back in the game. <laughs> so we have a minute count. It's like, and by the way, she's like like looking at me like, why am I out? And so it's it's a it's a bit of a dance between her and I. I'm trying to get her rest. She doesn't want to go out. She she hates being off the court. Um, but we are trying to get her off the court. She plays so freaking hard, and and so we are trying to save her from herself a little bit because she's just such a great kid and just been so impactful in our program on and off the court. But but yeah, we're trying to get her some rest. It's just it's just not not easy sometimes. Yeah, forty five minutes in the game, JC. We're going to need you to play all forty five. Coach, again, thanks for, for the time here uh, this morning. Congratulations on a monster win. Best of luck uh, against the Fighting Illini a little bit, little bit later on this week, and we'll check in again soon. Okay. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, of course. There he goes. Kevin McGuff, head coach of your Ohio State women's basketball program with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Hey, thank uh, Mr. Jeff Tedoff hooking uh, up the connection there. And, Kevin, always glad to join the program, promote our great women's team here. So They're super great. excited uh, for that. And, hey, 
They're uh, despite that early loss to Michigan in the Big Ten beam. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're tied with them now with Iowa both having one conference loss. Do you know who their final game against uh, is against in the regular season? Uh, that would be team up north. Uh, no, I believe Iowa. Iowa. Okay, they, play, they go to Iowa final game of the season. So uh, mark that one on your calendars. Yeah, it could be uh, could be a good one there. March third. Yeah. Mark it on your calendars. It'd be a good one out there, I'm sure. Uh, I want to tell you, though, about my friends over at Affinity Whole Health. It's 2024. Heck, the first month is almost done, so do not give up on your resolutions. Everyone wants to get in better shape each and every year. And so as you look at yourself with that, go see my friends over at Affinity. I've been with them for seven years. They're going to help you with a lot of things, energy, mood, focus, all to operate at peak levels. So do yourself a loved ones and a favor. Check them out at feelgreatcolumbus.com and find out if a TRT program can help you or maybe you're already on one somewhere else. You want to upgrade, get better service? Well, that is the place to do it. It's feelgreatcolumbus.com. You submit your info there. You'll have a dedicated patient care coordinator, their convenient location and pal. I was just up there on Friday getting everything checked with mine, getting some blood work done. They are tremendous. They'll walk you through every step of the process, design a plan that's customized just for you. So check them out at feelgreatcolumbus.com. That's feelgreatcolumbus.com. Tons to get juiced about over mm. the weekend. It was power packed. We're going to do that next. Morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Monday morning commuters will encounter a couple of slowdowns for the early drive on the north side, 71 northbound before Morse Road. There's an accident there. It blocks the right lane, so things are stop and go from North Broadway. Also, on 33 westbound after Gender Road, there's an accident. It's been moved to the right side, but it is keeping things pretty heavy and slow in the area. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan track. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you make a wise crack about Dayton pizza, Beamer will murder you dead. Ah, humor. I have it too. This is Morning Juice. We're here on The Juice, brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy Leader and Testosterone and Hormone Replacement Therapy. You can, of course, visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. What's got you juiced? Hey, Bob. It's a huge weekend. Huge weekend. It's got you juiced, buddy. Oh, goodness. Uh, a lot of things got me juiced up. Uh, rough one in Buffalo, man. My heart goes out to the fans of Buffalo. My son watching our cameras last night. He was watching it downstairs. I was in bed. And Bills I'm Mafia watch, fan? Watch him. Yeah, he's got his Bills Mafia shirt on. He's pacing back and forth. And I can hear the kick go up, and he goes and spins around, sits down. He's like, good game, good season. Turns the turns the remote <laughs> off and just walks upstairs. He was like, you can uh, see dejected. how dejected he was. And just, it's like, yep, that's it. They missed the field goal. And they start a chance, maybe, if they were going to stop. But it just... He, it felt like it was over at that point. And then uh, you juxtapose that with the elation on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep it positive. Like the Genori, I'm we're going to save for tomorrow. But Dan Campbell, I don't know if there's a guy who you could say better represents the city of Detroit um, than Dan Campbell. And the players there, they lean into it. Talks about what you want to be, how you want to be. And when a, when a team can embody what a city represents, yeah. 
that's when you have that connectivity that, you know what, it, it, it just supersedes everything, and you have that that passion, and that's what it means so much. Chuck, let's listen to Dan on representing the city of Detroit. You know, it's not the first thing you think of if you go to L.A., or just in general, right? You got the sun, you got the beach, you got plenty of other things going on, and here, man, man, it's harsh winters, right? Auto industry, blue collar, things aren't always easy, and I just think that's what we're about, and that, that was... You know, you want something the city can be proud of. Though You can look at those guys and say, man, I can back that guy. I can back that team. You know, I can resonate with those group of guys. They're kind of salty. They don't quit. They play hard. And so I feel like we've done that. And I think these guys, you know, they have a kinship with this city in this area. And they love it. Ah, it's truly tremendous. And listening to Dan talk about it, how much it, it means and playing up there and being a part of it. Uh, you know, I, I'd say all, all the Great Lakes cities, yeah. you know, maybe – you know, Detroit, Cleveland, Buffalo, you got Pittsburgh, and they've been really good. But even since I, I there's not a lot going on there outside of football in the fall and the winter. It's something to really be proud of. It's something that you lean into, that you grab a hold of because you know it's such a fabric of the community. And it means so much. And, and when you have a team that embraces that and understands that, it, it can be something really special, and they've got it going in Detroit, and I'm incredibly happy for our friends up there, the guys, Jonah Jackson, yeah. uh, um, oh, goodness. Taylor. Uh, Taylor Decker, left tackle. I mean, they, they're doing a great job, and uh, JT Barrett up there as well mm-hmm. on the coaching staff, Aaron Glenn, Dan Campbell, the guys I've played with, been around, good friends. I'm so, so happy for them. So I'll be taking on the Niners in the NFC Championship this week. Dude, you could hear how loud it was. Yeah. Through the speakers there at the game yesterday in Buffalo too, like yeah. those those two environments, like you could feel the energy it through means the TV. So much it means so much yeah. to them. Uh, so that was used up. And then honestly, from Friday to now, I mean, you look at Caleb Downs committing to Ohio State, mm-hmm. Julian saying Bill O'Brien coming in as the head coach, Dom there, Kirks. You got Dom another Kirks. D lineman to yeah. commit to. There, like, there's a ton of positive momentum yeah. here. I know Ryan has got to be fired up, and it's early on. You're almost. Almost through the first month of the year, but a lot of things going in the right direction. So all that has me juiced. Shark, what's Slay's got to say? The second mile absolutely sucked. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. One, I didn't like the first mile, but I ran it in less than 10, which kind of shocked me. And then the last mile, I have no clue how long that took me. Took me a long time. Not a runner. Schlegs is not a runner. No. Bob, I can't believe you said there's nothing going on in Detroit. The Pistons lost like 27 in a row this yeah. winter. That was fun. For was who? Fun for they the blew city. blew an 18 game lead, 18 point lead against the Celtics one of those games. <laughs> Made a name for themselves in the NBA. Uh, Nick Dunlap, really juiced about yeah. him. The uh, amateur winning over there in, uh, in La Quinta in California. Terrific. Uh, Jude, my. My grandson, Jude, don't call me Julian, had to move up a weight. Well, he didn't have to. Will he go by Julian if Julian Sam becomes a beast here? No, he will not. He hates the name. It's always disappointing when your kid hates a name that you gave him. You spend so <laughs> much time me, thinking Dad? about a good name for your kid. Yeah, you know, he can change it when he gets to 18. He, he did change it. He's Jude. He's not Julian. Anyway, Julian's his dead name now. Right. He moved up in weight class this weekend for mm. the tournament in Hilliard, and that didn't go It didn't go as well as the previous weekend. He, he did get a couple pins. 
uh, was three and two in the event and wound up in sixth place. So that was uh, fun watching him wrestle guys that are you know six seven pounds heavier than him, which is, it makes a big difference. Share some of those wings with him, Shark. I should have. You're right, Bob. And then. I've seen it a couple times this year. I really don't understand it. Uh, Tampa Bay went for two when they were down eight. You were college worth the math. It's the math works. I, I I and I read Peter Schrager's uh, explanation. wasn't really an explanation. Explain on this to me like I'm five. But please. he said the analytics uh, now say you go for two when you're on the road down two touchdowns. And I I I think if you want to win in regulation. Then wait till you score that second touchdown, yeah. and like you're Dan down Campbell a point. Did, they cheat you the old-fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you go for two and get the the win. As it turned out, didn't matter because they they didn't get within a point on that second touchdown. But I would have loved to have heard Todd Bowles afterwards explain why we went for two when we were down eight. Just didn't make sense to me, Beam. I didn't make sense to me either, Shark. I think we're in the same bucket there. Uh, what had me juiced over the weekend? Went to the men's basketball game on Saturday. Uh, that was good. Good to get a big victory. Watched uh, the entirety of you know the women's game yesterday. It was terrific. Great atmosphere. 18,660 people uh, over at the shot. I mean, it was awesome. It's the Caitlin Clark effect, right? I mean, the NIL, she's worth every dollar NIL possible mm-hmm. uh, because you look at when she travels and Iowa travels on the road. I mean, they're playing in packed buildings and sold out. So to see 18,660 people uh, yesterday at the shot and a massive Buckeye win, yeah, that got me juiced. Talking to Kevin McGuff a little bit earlier, that had me juiced uh, and fired up. And in the meantime, we were... You know, busy watching all kinds of good stuff on Saturday and Sunday and Friday. Um, Meredith and I sandwiched Fargo in this weekend. She had never seen Fargo before. The movie? Yeah, she had never seen she the movie Fargo. Bloody sock. It was great. She goes, is this the, is this the scene? There's something with a wood chipper. And I'm like, well, just wait 10 seconds. You know, you got Francis McDormand going around. There's my car. Oh, yeah. There's my Sierra. Um, so we watched that yesterday. And then uh, she's like, oh, my God, it is the wood chipper scene. And then he steps away you know, and you just, see the, you just see the you just see the white socks just jammed into the wood chipper. Yeah, you're going to want that true coat. I don't care about the, the true coat, Jerry. I mean, it was, it was great. And then I found out because at the beginning of the movie, it says based on true stories, we protect all the identity of everyone. I'm like that. I've never heard of that being a true story. And then I looked up, and it's not. It's just they put that on the beginning of the movie scene. Oh, really? It's not a true story at all. They just made that up, which makes it so much more enticing. But no, it's it's a fake story. I they made it up. I always thought that was based on a true story. Oh, no, no, they I, just made I, it I up. I pray humanity isn't that bad. Well, like 15 people get killed in that movie. The acting is so <laughs> good. good. Francis McDormand, Steve Buscemi is yeah. great. Um, William H. Macy. Yes, William H. Macy is fantastic uh-huh. in that movie. It, it was it was really good. So we had some fun over that. Ah, Ed, I thought you were ice fishing up at Malax. <laughs> Hey, Marge, how's the fricassee? It's just so many, so much so good, good, so much good stuff. So, uh, all that had me fired up here over the weekend. Ohio State stockpiling talent over the weekend on the football program. Get into that in the re-rack next. Morning Juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. An accident on the north side, 71 northbound before Morse Road blocks that right lane. So that's why we're seeing stop and go traffic approaching. Also on 33 westbound after Gender Road, there's an accident on the right shoulder, but that still has traffic stop and go in the area. Taking a live look at traffic right now on the west side, we've got some heavy pockets of traffic, 270 at Broad Street, but the roads here are clear and dry. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tom. Counting down the days until Sharks retirement. You're listening to Morning Juice. Hour number three of the program for us on a Monday. Brandon B and Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Coming up here at 835 this morning and second with Joshua Perry. Big off season for the Buckeyes. What's JP's thought on it? He's going to join us around 835 coming up here a little bit later on. Right now, let's hit a re-rack. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. Family owned and operated with more darts and cues than anyone in Ohio. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Hey, if you miss Kevin McGuff in the 7 o'clock hour, if you're not, we got a podcast for that. Go on any of your podcasting platforms. Type in Morning Juice in the, ser- Morning Juice in the search bar. Hit the subscribe button and you'll be able to listen to that. Logging all things, 18,600. 60 people packed into the shot yesterday to see the Buckeyes take down the Iowa Hawkeyes in overtime. Hands them their first loss uh, of the season. Iowa led 70-58, to 58, just under nine minutes left. McGuff talking about, yep, called a timeout. Like, all right, let's get things together. And they pulled it back. Had chances to win in regulation. Uh, didn't do it, but ultimately saw it done uh, in overtime. So a great victory by them yesterday. And they're a nice victory, too, by the men's hoops team. 79-67 winners uh, against Penn State. They're at Nebraska ball coming up tomorrow. And they do host Illinois big-time opponent coming up here on January 30th. And right now, caller number what's going to be walking away with a four-pack of tickets to go see mm. the Buckeyes men's hoops team in action? Let's do caller number eight for the eight-point victory the woman had. All right, caller number eight. You get in right now, 614-821-9710. You're going to win four tickets to go see Ohio State men's basketball take on Illinois Tuesday, January 30th. Tickets are on sale now through OhioStateBuckeyes.com. Caller number four-banger, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's so, so many great lines uh, in that in Fargo. Just so many. The best part, too, is it's an hour and a half. It moves, man. Fargo scoots. I told you there's two other ones so I was saying in the break. For those viewing interest out there, uh, a simple plan and very bad things. Okay. Two other really Fargo was good. a simple plan, it, it, and it went awry. They're very... All these movies being, they're all like brothers of each other, mm-hmm. or cousins. Like They're all... The plan starts out really good, and then the worst parts of humanity take over, and you'll find it funny. Like, there's parts that aren't, I don't know if they're meant to be funny or not. I like that. Dark comedies. It, it right? really, it, well, it, by definition, it's, like you said, it's a, it's a dark comedy, and so maybe there's parts that you laugh. I, I'm probably, it says more about me than maybe the film at areas where I laugh, where you might be like dismembering another human being yeah. because you've backed yourself into a corner. Where, Steve Buscemi's running out yeah. of the front door and Homeboy's got the axe yeah. and he's charging at him. I'm laughing at that point. Yeah. I've seen this movie, you know, 30 times and it's still that shot of him just running out of the front door with the axe. I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen to you, but it catches me off guard so much. Because you've painted yourself into a corner yeah. where you think that this is the best decision yeah. going forward and like it's a series of small bad ones it all eventually. starts out so simple you're gonna have your mom kidnapped you're gonna ask for eighty thousand dollars i'm gonna give you guys 40 except for i'm gonna ask my father-in-law for a million so yeah. i'm gonna keep that yeah. you guys are gonna get 40 uh there's some collateral damage along the way and then it just starts to spiral yeah it's 
Very similar for those other two, which you'll really enjoy, where something bad happens. Or a simple plan and what? Very bad things. Okay. One well, is I wonder like, what happens in that. One, a simple plan is one where like they find a large chunk of cash, and it's kind of a similar situation to Fargo. The other one is something bad happens, and then it's this, their effort to cover it up. But both of those things are kind of akin. Oh, Jeremy Piven's in very bad oh, things. Oh, yeah. Dude, John Favreau, too. Christian Slater. Cameron yeah. Diaz. Whoa. Yeah, it's... It's a star-studded cast. It's the worst parts of humanity um, with all that. So Finding that the sack of cash more or less intense than No Country for Old Men. I've never seen No Country oh, for Old Men. Oh, you would love it. Shark, have you seen No Country for Old Men before? That's one of the most intense movies I think I've ever seen. Yes. When I Javier Bardem. Yeah. <laughs> There's no music in the movie, which makes it very oh, So it's got a very uh, um, castaway feel. Like yeah. The, the no music is... That's for real sociopaths. If you're watching a movie with that, the scores are what kind of set the mood. So that's that'll be interesting. I'm glad you said that. I'm, you know, I might have to watch that there. Uh, no country weekend. for old men. You would enjoy it. There's no Monday night football tonight. You know, I mean, that's maybe we'll watch uh, episode two of True Detective tonight. I think that's probably. I need to watch episode one. Yeah, I need to spooky. get in that. Finished up Reacher nice. uh, on Friday. I think it's a Friday. We watched that Thursday. Thursday night. I think I watched. Finished up Reacher. Pretty good ending. Um, Really enjoyed it. So that was that was good. Then we had a big uh, weekend for sports this weekend as well. My so my daughter she had a wrestling tournament up in Delaware. They call it the D Town Throwdown. Yes, all, all all girls wrestling tournament. Beam. How about the name? The branding mm-hmm. on that sounds tremendous. Uh, but she she ended up finishing fourth in her weight class up there. She's she battling through a broken nose. Yeah, she had a broken nose for a little bit. So she was packing. It was bleeding in between each match. Uh, so I give her credit. And the one girl that. Beat her, pinned everybody else. She took her the full three rounds, didn't nice. get pinned, but uh, pretty pretty darn good job. So super proud of her. Went and played Pickerington in fourth grade boys hoops. Had a game that was kind of like Iowa, Ohio State, down to the wire, back and forth. There was like four game-winning shots. Went to overtime. We had three guys foul out. We were like a super short bench there at that point. I uh, ended up losing at the end. You know, the kids are upset, but it was a great learning experience, a lot of good stuff. Um, obviously happened in Kale, but uh three oh yesterday and some wrestling for him. So he did uh did a nice job. Had a bucket in his hoops game on Saturday. So a nice little weekend there uh for everybody. But it's just always fun when you kind of see that stuff go back and forth and you watch the emotions of kids as they're trying to the highest of highs, lowest of lows, we're the best, we're the worst. Oh my gosh, they just made a shot, we're gonna lose. Then they make one. It's like we're gonna win. <laughs> like, hey guys, let's go play some defense. Let's get a stop. We gotta get the ball back, okay? Or they just scored. We can go score and we have a chance to go win the game. So it'll all work out. It just you've got to go grind, you gotta go figure it out. So it was a really fun weekend jammed in there, like I said, with some football, some uh, men's and women's hoops. Just it was a, it was an action packed weekend, Beamer. Yeah, it really was. It was pretty terrific. Congratulations to Terrence of Roundtown. He's the winner. Knew he needed to be caller number eight uh, to get in. He's going to be walking away with a pair of or not pair four pack of tickets to go see Ohio Two State pair. take on the Fighting Illini coming up here uh, on January thirtieth. So Terrence Roundtown, congratulations uh, on that front. Buckeyes had a huge weekend too. I mean, we've been mentioning the basketball programs and a men's victory over Penn State on Saturday, followed up by a great overtime victory against Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, yesterday by the Buckeyes women's team. Uh, Friday, you know, Buckeye football not playing. Not going to be playing here for another nine months or so. Um, got spring ball coming up. Dude. They do have spring ball. Uh, April 13th, I believe, is the date mm-hmm. for the spring game. There's going to be a whole heck of a lot happen 
uh, between now and then. We had mentioned this uh, of players returning for Ohio State. Nine out of 11 starters back, uh, I believe, for the Ohio State Buckeyes return a lot of production. And Cody Simon back as well. He wasn't a starter, but he played a whole heck of a lot of minutes uh, for this Ohio State defense. And we're mentioning that Ryan Day and company, they were down in Georgia trying to land some some big game. We're going big yeah. game hunting in the transfer portal. Uh, didn't know what Caleb Downs would decide. He entered the transfer portal, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday of last week, and they said it'll be a quick process. Um, you figured it was down to Georgia and Ohio State. Maybe you're leaning Georgia with Caleb Downs because uh, Alabama's their coach went there. Their DB's coach went to Georgia. Maybe they had an early edge. Uh, he's from down there. And then all of a sudden, Bob, we get the news on Friday that Caleb Downs is exiting the portal and he is now joining Ohio State. And what a get that is. I mean, this kid is terrific. Freshman of the year, led Alabama in tackles, second team All-American as a true freshman. Your defense was already going to be a monster. Mm-hmm. Now you have added maybe the most talented piece across the board in Caleb Downs and a grand coup for Ohio State and Ryan Day getting him to come here to Columbus. Huge. I mean, second-team All-American, freshman of the year in the SEC, elite player, regardless of age, but he's got two seasons left. You're going to take Josh Proctor's spot. So, yeah, you're losing a starter, but you're getting a guy who's an incredibly dynamic player. You pair him with Lathan Ransom, veteran piece back there who knows everything about this defense. So you got a veteran guy, great communicator, great tackler with an unbelievably dynamic player, frees up Sonny Styles to potentially then move up and be able to play linebacker there with Cody Simon. You got CJ Hicks in the mix. There'll be, you know, some nice opportunities there to get some of these young guys in. Uh, but it just gives you some flexibility in having another playmaker and maybe a, you know, a punt runner, punt returner too, because yeah. Caleb Downs can do that. So there's just so much here. It was a huge, huge weekend for Ryan to be able to land him and he wasn't done yet. No, he wasn't done yet because in the middle of that, you got Dom Kirks, who is a four-star defensive end. Uh, he announced, I think that was on Saturday. Flip and it from all Washington happened. to Buffalo? Or uh, here? Yeah, he did. Flip, flipped on that front. And then yesterday, you got the news. As soon as this young man entered the transfer portal, he hadn't been on campus for very long in the aftermath of Nick Saban leaving, uh, that Julian, Julian uh, Sand was going to enter the portal. And all indications were that he was going to sign with Ohio State. Aaron Nolan already on campus here for the Buckeyes. Uh, and now Julian Sand coming to Ohio State. So over the weekend, and uh, for three days in a row, you got Caleb Downs. You got the commitment on Saturday from Dom Kirks. And then on Sunday, yesterday, you got Julian Sand, who could be the best quarterback in this class coming in as a true freshman uh, to compete for a job here at Ohio State. It's as good of a weekend as you could have possibly had for Ryan Day. Well, it was massive, massive. And you get the Bill O'Brien hiring. You feel good about that. That's bringing Julian Sand in. Like you said, Beam, all those things, a lot, a lot of positive developments uh, maybe not done yet. We'll see kind of where some things go, but I know that, you know, the start off season workouts, those are starting to rat, ratchet up and it's going to be ex- fun, exciting to see all these guys on campus and how they work together. Yeah, it really is, man. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty neat. So Ohio State with a busy, busy weekend busy uh, on the recruiting deep. trail and transfer portals and all kinds of stuff. And here's what uh, Julian Sands said to ESPN uh, and Pete Thamel about transferring to Ohio State. He said, incredibly excited to join the team here at Ohio State. I held this program in high regard throughout my entire recruiting process and I'm looking forward to learning from some of the most talented players and coaches in college football and contributing to our team's success. Family's been so supportive and to sacrifice so much throughout my football career and my journey. I'm so proud and grateful to be able to share this moment uh, with him. I mean, you talk about a quarterback room that went from two players after the Cotton Bowl 
then you get the introduction of Aaron Nolan coming onto campus. You get Will Howard. Now you get Julian saying, you go from two to five mm-hmm. in that room and also have some other big-time additions. I mean, that spring game, there's going to be a whole lot of eyeballs and attention on that quarterback room as to who's going to be flinging the pill down the football field for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think this year it's going to be Jordan Howard. But moving forward, or not Jordan, Will Howard, rather. Uh, but moving forward, up in the air. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Nolan, Lincoln Keenholz. I mean, people are thinking, like, well, Devin Brown's going to hit the portal. I don't think he's afraid of the competition. And Tweeted out, burn the boats. Know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. And you go from two to five. And maybe he does, but I don't think any of these guys are afraid of competition. If they were, they wouldn't have come here. We've arrived at championship week in the NFL. Going to break down the divisional round action from the last weekend. Next, Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. The Monday drive is slow in a few spots. On the north side, there's an accident 71 northbound before Morse Road. The two right lanes are blocked there. Also, there was an accident on 315 southbound after King Avenue, blocking the right lane, and an earlier crash leaves things slow. 33 westbound between uh, Hill Road and Gender Road. There's also an accident on 670 eastbound at 33. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Track. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to Rob Manfred's least favorite radio show. This is Morning Juice. Championship round is set across the NFL. Coming up on Sunday, you have at 3 o'clock the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Baltimore where they will take on the Ravens with trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Uh, and then you have the Detroit Lions heading out to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. I'll tell you what, man, I was watching that game on Saturday night between the Packers and the 49ers, and I was in a torture chamber. Just realizing that Jordan Love's going to be the destroyer of my world for the next 15 years. Worried about them. I mean, the Lions are, the Lions are in the AFC Championship. Yeah, but the Lions. What, you feel like they're, you feel like Dan Campbell's a guy, Beam, that you, you're going to take a knee and just acquiesce? You, Dan Campbell's the, the Lions one that said, are a, The Lions are a, a new problem, and I'm sure if oh. if future Brandon goes back and listens to this, that he will have a problem with that. Uh, yeah, obviously, they're not going anywhere, man. Look at what they're doing. And, you know, I mean, they're still young and they're in great. Cap situation. Rear Gibbs is a rookie. He's a rookie, yeah. I Laporta, mean, rookie. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, second-year guy. Like, all these dudes out here. Jamison uh, Williams, second-year. They got a lot of really good young players. David Montgomery in the first I'm year all, of I'm his non- St. Brown, like, what is it, fourth year? Like, third, fourth year? Still on his rookie contract, yeah. I think. Like, all of these dudes uh, out here for Detroit. But I was in a torture chamber on Saturday night watching Jordan Love. I'm like, you can't have 45 years of great consecutive quarterback play. It should be illegal. Can't do it. Well, you got to think about this, Beam. I always tell people, you know, you went 0 for 4 in your picks this weekend, correct? I did, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, that's, as, that's as skilled as going 4 and 0. Correct. Because it's the odds of it happening are about the same. <laughs> so, especially you're picking against the number. Right. Um, so you have to think, you know, them tethering together Favre to Rodgers to Love, mm-hmm. very rare. Very, very difficult to happen. But... Conversely, if you look at that, during that same time, the Bears really haven't had any good quarterbacks. 
outside of uh, Jay Cutler for mm-hmm. smoking Jay for a little bit. Yep. And so you have to think for the plus side of that, for someone being able to put together three franchise quarterbacks potentially in a row, there's got to be other franchises that can for 30 <laughs> years not find anybody. <laughs> Bears and Browns, most notably. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Throw the commanders maybe in that selection yeah. set. I think they're up there too. You have to obviously see that there's going. Well, the, the best part is the commanders actually had a guy named yeah. Kirk Cousins, and then they let him go because they didn't like that. He liked that. They didn't like <laughs> you that. You like that? Yeah. So the, you got to think for every on the spectrum where it always aver- averages out. So a lot of teams, hey, we found a guy, don't have a guy for a while, find another guy. Then there's teams that they seem to always find a guy. And then your Bears on the other side of that, that seem to never have a guy. Why do more franchises and organizations not follow the Green Bay route of, well, we're going to sit you down for three years. Like, we're going to give you a so grace period. Get, of- they wanted to get Justin Fields out there as quick as possible so that he could get destroyed. And by the way, they may have their guy now. And I hope they trade him and he becomes great. And then who knows? I do too. I I do too. If they're, if they're going to trade away Justin Fields, then you deserve 15 more years of, of malfeasance and underachieving. You know, maybe, maybe it all works out, but maybe it doesn't. So you had that. You had the 49ers come from behind uh, in that game. I had totally forgotten. Like I had to watch a ton of football this weekend. And they're just running through the clips on NFL network and ESPN right now on our double barrel lock stock uh, TVs. That the forty or that the the Packers missed a you know forty eight yard fifty yeah. yard field goal whatever it was wide left, uh, which gave the 49ers obviously room to go down and score a touchdown. Uh, I thought for sure Green Bay was at least going to get a field goal, and that with the way that their offense had been moving, um, I thought for sure they were going to get a field goal if not a touchdown at the end of that ball game to move on to the NFC Championship game. Like I thought that was going to happen for sure. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, Jordan Love, he's a young quarterback, and I think it's his first big moments. Panicked a little bit, you know, early, early in the drive. It's one thing to throw an interception, you know, late in the third, fourth down. There's limited time left, and you, you know, you have to make a play. So you're just throwing it up, and there, there's a lot of hope involved. It was, was it first down or second down? It was early. It was first or second, yeah. and there was I thought there was a minute and nine seconds left yeah. when the ball was intercepted, and you, ju- and you just needed a field goal. It yeah. wasn't like you had to drive all the way down there. There was, and you had multiple timeouts. There was plenty of time, and so Jordan Love panicked a little bit, pulled his uh, channel center Brett Favre there, and it made an ill-advised decision, but. You know, positively with this, there's an opportunity there for them, obviously, to grow, and they've got a very young team, so they should be excited about what potentially has the opportunity moving forward. Who's the best team to you left in these playoffs? And Baltimore looked great. Baltimore did. I, I think they had the best matchup. They're playing a Southern team at home. As Rookie a quarterback. Cold, young quarterback. Things got away from them a little bit. Um, you know, I would always said San Francisco. I think that they've been the best. Debo uh, maybe out. That's, that's looming large. That hurts. But I mean, Lamar Jackson. If he's going to play like that, yeah, they're going to be really tough to beat. You know, Detroit defensively, they they're good but not great. They do enough. They do enough. They make big plays at opportune times, and that wouldn't be to a Super Bowl matchup. Kansas City has the firepower. I mean, Pat Mahomes, you know, his improbability. Like he, he's. He can extend plays. I thought for sure when Miko Hardman dropped, fumbled that ball, and the ball went out of the back of the end zone. It seemed like it was destined for Buffalo to yes. win at that point. I know people hate that rule. I'm like, you can hate all you like. It's always been the rule. They're not going to change it. Don't fumble through the back of the end zone. 
That's the that's the solution for it. I saw Albert tweet this out. One last crazy number from the Buffalo Kansas City game. Patrick Mahomes is now tied for seventh all time yeah. with thirteen playoff wins. He has as many as Brett Favre, Ben Roethlisberger, and Roger Staubach, and more currently than Aaron Rodgers does. If what? they win the Super Bowl this year, so two more victories uh, for the Chiefs, of course against Baltimore, and if they win the Super Bowl. If he wins the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, he'll be alone in third behind only Tom Brady and Joe Montana. It's pretty good. Six straight conference championships. He has never not been in the conference championship since becoming a starting quarterback. And so he's behind Tom Brady, who I think won eight straight times. I thought I saw that. Yep, and yep. he just passed the snake. Yeah, who had an unbelievable picture up on the graphic oh, when dude. they showed it on TV. He looked like he was in Smokey the Bandit, maybe out of Woodstock. I mean, Coming from a Grateful Dead concert. People are like, well, he used to smoke cigarettes and stuff. I'm like, yeah, my dad played with him. I, he would order 20 cases of champagne. One of my dad's favorite stories, like, you know, Kenny, they they trade Snake, comes, they trade him straight up for Pastorini and Houston to Oakland. So we bring him in in 78, and we're, uh, and he's like, we're there to have Steve training camp in San Angelo, Texas. He's like, it's hotter than the devil's lair. Because mm-hmm. we're in an unair conditioned dorm. So like in Kenny, there's a box truck that pulls up. The guy's like, hey, we've got an order for Stabler. They're like, hey, hold on, you know, get over. Kenny comes up, signs it, like on the old school clipboard, signs it. Yeah. Guy like pulls out the, you know, flips up the box truck in the back, pulls out the little ramp, goes up. He goes, does a dolly and starts getting wood boxes and crates. What's and this? It says Fragile. Exactly. On it. Brings it, dumps like four of them, you know, Maybe getting five at a time, four loads right up there by his like right at first door inside on the right. He's like, What the hell is that? Okay, he's like, It's champagne. He goes, How much is he? I got 20 cases. <laughs> he's like, Bottle? Yeah, no, no, there's 12 in each bottle. I mean, 12 in each case. I mean, training camp was six weeks long back then. He's like, But I mean, so you gotta have something I to get into. 240 this. bottles of champagne. Well, you drink like two of them a night. Good for him. Okay, well, good for him. He, he passed away at 71 years old. He he lived hard, Beam. Patrick, and that picture looked like he was living hard. It looked pretty awesome. He had a great beard and awesome hair. Patrick Mahomes with 13 playoff victories. John Elway, Peyton Manning, Terry Bradshaw have 14. Montana's got 16. You want to take a stab at how many Brady has? Playoff victories? Yeah. Just a ring. Again, we're talking 20, about Patrick Mahomes is one of the, the best yeah. quarterbacks like ever. I'm going to say. And he's like, at 13. I'm going to say 29. Shark. I was thinking 28. 35. Yeah. <laughs> 35. 35. I mean, he's won seven, been to a couple more. He's been to 10. Like, they had some buys in there, but not all the time. And, like, what, they lost in some NFC, AFC championship yeah. games. I mean, he's won a lot. That's an insane number. 13 losses, 48 playoff games. That's, that I mean, that's more than two seasons worth of playoff football. It's like wins. three. It's three yeah. seasons worth of regular season football. Buckeyes have reloaded in a wild way. Joshua Perry, he's going to join us. We'll chat about a frenetic offseason next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Monday morning commuters will still find delays due to an accident. 670 westbound near Neal Avenue. The crash has been moved to the right side, but you're stop and go from Leonard Avenue. On the north side, 71 northbound before Morse Road. The two right lanes are blocked by a crash, and that leaves things stop and go. 
on 670 eastbound before 33. There's an accident there on the right shoulder. And on the west side, we've got a crash 70 eastbound before Hag Avenue. That's on the right side. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If this show made a scented candle, it would smell like bad coffee, unwashed jockstrap, and grass clippings. I wasn't sure how you take your coffee. You were listening to Morning Juice. So, mouth or enema? Here's along here. Little Monday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check with our great friend, Joshua Perry. JP, thanks so much, as always, for the time. Uh, busy weekend for the Buckeyes. Reloading at an alarming clip. You have Caleb Downs announced on Friday that he's coming to Ohio State. Uh, you have Julian Sands, who's the number one quarterback in last class, announced that he's coming to Ohio State. It's a it's a pretty wild world that we're living in compared to where we were at just three weeks ago with the Cotton Bowl, JP. It is. Um, and, I mean, kudos to, to everybody in, inside of the Woody Hayes Athletic Facility because they are all in on next year, and uh, that's the way that needs to be. And it, it always felt like the approach to – the portal was more so, you know, like if, if there's a, a glaring need, we got to go get a guy. But uh, outside of that, we're, we're not trying to necessarily stockpile. And uh, I think part of this is, you know, Nick Saban retiring, just opened the floodgates. And I feel like everybody wants to get a piece of that roster because they had, uh, you know, some of the best collection of talent there. But uh, Ohio State really leaned in, right? You know, to a program that's known for developing quarterbacks. So you go and get one of the best young quarterbacks in the country. Uh, you know, Caleb Downs is the guy who Ohio State was, heavily in on when he was a high school recruit. And it's like, all right, let's go ahead and spin the block and see if we can't get him back on campus now, uh, which is the right thing to do. And uh, I, I keep going back to what they did as well in getting guys to come back for one more year. Um, and, you know, people are going to hate the comparison, but I look at what Michigan did a year ago. Um, you know, they, they had a one more year NIL campaign. They tried to do with those who stay uh, campaign this year, which didn't work out nearly as well. Uh, but the idea of, of having veteran talent, I think, is really important. And then adding to your roster when uh, it makes a, a ton of sense to get talented players in the building uh, only helps, too, from a competitive standpoint if those guys can make a contribution in the fall. So uh, I love what's going on there. And now it's just about, you know, doing the job on the field. Spring ball is going to be huge, getting those guys in, getting them ready to go, and then executing once fall comes around. You know, what are your thoughts, you know, when people talk about, you know, the the – timeline of recruiting quarterbacks and you know because it's a unique position it's the highlander there's only one and you know after will howard this year i mean there's going to be a massive contest i mean is there any worry i mean you have to expect that some of these guys are going to leave and you're gonna have to you know re-recruit but it's kind of just seems like the way it is now joshua is that is that am i off on that no, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing because I, I think a lot of coaches would tell you that they would love to have two quarterbacks in a class, but it's really hard to pull that off in high school recruiting. A lot of times the quarterbacks will tell you out of high school, listen, if you're recruiting me, I want you to stop recruiting everybody else. And sometimes coaches do that. Um, but the idea of, of having multiple guys, I think, is important because of competition, and especially for the young players, because if you can talk them into being patient, at least staying for a couple of seasons, I, I think you can really – 
uh, get good eyes on them and figure out if they're going to be a guy who you think can play. Um, the other thing that I think really happens, though, when you have a, a bunch of quarterbacks in the room, and especially a couple guys in the same class, the better one usually ends up staying, right? Like, I don't think the, the better one transfers out because they know that it's going to be their job. Um, and, and so I think you really do have an opportunity to evaluate and develop um, and ultimately have your pick of the litter there. So um, I'm, I'm here for this idea of I really don't care how you feel. If you want to win the job, you got to go out there and show me that you're the best quarterback. Um, and I think that they've got the mentality of guys who are willing to do that as well. Um, I, I think that's the other part uh, that we tend to overlook is, is sometimes we're like, well, you know, we got to get this kid because he's super talented. And I think there's another part of it where it's like, well, why don't we get the kid in the building that wants to compete and prove that he's the guy for the job? And I remember back to when I was at Ohio State, I felt like every year Urban was trying to recruit past me. Uh, the year I came in at linebacker, I was one of the guys that Trestlewood recruited. It was uh, uh, me and Luke Roberts, who got out there from Lancaster. And then they brought in three more linebackers because Urban didn't think that uh, either one of us could play. And Luke ended up transferring out. I ended up staying. Uh, but the idea of bringing in as many guys to compete for a job as you can, it's like super old school and it was different before because you didn't have instant eligibility out of the portal, but it's tried and true. you got to get guys in there competing. He is Joshua Perry with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. What were your thoughts on the Bill O'Brien hiring, JP, to come in and kind of run that quarterback room in this Buckeye offense? You know, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, man, it's not splashy. And, you know, Alabama fans felt a way about it. And it's like, all right. Uh, you know, you start to dig into his track record. What he did at Penn State was ridiculous. Um, you know, being able to, to keep that program afloat where they were at. Uh, and one of the reasons why was because of, of what he did developing Christian Hackenberg as a very young quarterback. And I know people are like, oh, Hackwood and all that. It was like, I, I don't know if he necessarily was, but dude had to step in right away and he played some pretty solid football over there. Um, and then you obviously his track record in the league. But one of the things that I mentioned, we were talking about the offensive coordinator hire um, that was on here is I said, uh, it, it'd be nice to get a guy who's got NFL experience, or it would be really nice to get a guy who was a former head coach. And you've got a guy who has both of those things, which I really like. And I thought that the way that Ryan worked with Kevin Wilson was huge. And he was a guy who was a former head coach. And I think just having somebody like that on staff, uh, was really important for Ryan Day, which again, a lot of us forget this is his first head coaching job. I know we're we're some years into it now, but there's still a learning curve, and it's nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. But uh, Bill O'Brien's been the architect of some really good offenses as well, so um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, it's about what happens in the fall, but now you start to look at a quarterback room that's got a bunch of dudes out there who are hungry and willing to work. Uh, you got a guy who's got some really veteran experience, who's done a really good job in multiple places. Like I think it made a ton of sense to hire him. Um, and then also one of the other big developments, Joshua, since we have talked to you last week, the hiring of Ross Bjork as the new AD at Ohio State to take over for Gene Smith when he departs officially July 1st. There's going to be a transition period, an overlay where there'll be you know, learning. Ross will be learning from Gene, and obviously they're trying to blend in with their transition team. But your initial thoughts you know, on that and, and what you think of the hire in Ohio State's maybe place in college athletics leading this maybe new redesigned system that we could be seeing here in the next couple of years. Yeah, I know there were some people that felt super underwhelmed by this hire as well because of the Jimbo contract extension and things of that nature. And one thing that I do know is that we are in a, a, a different territory in terms of collegiate athletics. And a lot of that 
is uh, predicated on what you do with NIL and fundraising. And uh, I look at A&M, and they might have picked the wrong guys, but they put together a hell of a talented class, and a lot of that was built off of what they were able to do in terms of alignment with NIL. Uh, I know the Jimbo contract was nasty, but the idea that you had people willing to pony up and then pony up to fire the guy shows that you can do the fundraising aspect of it. Um, and so I think is, as long as there's the, you know, the support around from the university, which we know we're going to get, um, this is a guy who is aggressive when it comes to fundraising. He's going to have a plan when it comes to name, image, and likeness. And I think it's going to keep Ohio State in the forefront in terms of what they're able to do in terms of program building, in terms of facilities, in, uh, in terms of all the things that are important to people. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's a shift in terms of the mentality, which I think needs to happen. Um, I also know that this university is not – uh, athletic department is not necessarily run by just one person and, and there are collaborative uh, decision-making processes that go on behind closed doors. And I think that's how you avoid, uh, you know, a Jimbo type of extension uh, that's in the future for anybody at Ohio State. So I'm not mad at it at all. Uh, I think as long as the athletic department can stay aggressive to stay on the forefront, uh, it's going to be in a really good spot. JP, always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us here this morning. Have a great week, buddy. We'll check in again soon. All right. Always good, guys. Take care. There he goes, Joshua Perry, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Can reveal our fan poll next. Morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. We do have an accident. 670 westbound before Neal Avenue blocking the right shoulder and causing stop-and-go delays. On the west side, traffic is stop-and-go 70 eastbound between Mound and 315. Also, things are slow on the east side due to an accident 70 eastbound before 270. And there is a crash on the north side 71 northbound just before Morse Road that's on the right side. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Beamer is tweeting about Formula One. Oh, hells yes. Bobby is tweeting Rick Springfield concert video. Both are a cry for help. This is one twisted mother. This is Morning Juice. We are on the Juice brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy Leader and Testosterone and Hormone Replacement Therapy. You can, of course, visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Wrap things up here. A little Monday edition of the program. Uncle Bo and the boys going to be up after we're done talking about the plundering of Alabama's roster. Get into that. Talked about that with Julian Sand, Caleb Downs this week, and Seth McLaughlin, their center, a little bit earlier on. Quarterback room going to be a crazy one. Austin Ward, he's going to join the program. Back from the mouse, it seems. So Austin going to join their program at 1033 this morning. Ooh. And then Kevin McGuff all over our airwaves today. He's going to join the boys at 1133. And Ooh. he's going to join Tim on Buckeye Roundtable, winter version at 648 tonight. Gosh, at least least exciting interview he'll do. <laughs> hey, why are we... it, who do you think will be interviewing who in that scenario? Uh, Tim will be it. Tim will be interviewed, but then Tim will answer the questions That's my himself. Point, is that you, 
Kevin, here's what I would have done right there. I mean, I think what your your plan was good, but this man. You know, when Taylor been... Theory fouled out, Kevin, this is what I would do. This situation here. Why are we listening to Shark's favorite song of all time? Oh goodness, because today, in nineteen, wait, yeah, where is this? In seventy two. Seventy two. American Pie hit number one, where it stayed for seven weeks. It's very good. Yeah. So a little win there. Uh, starting the week off. I mean, this is uh, the last full week of January, Beamer. Yep. You know, we're on our way. Conference championship week is upon yeah. us. There's only three football games left to go in the season, which makes me very sad. Uh, you know, when we were talking to JP in our last segment, uh, and we were talking about the hiring of Ross Bjork and Bill O'Brien coming in and Caleb Downs and Julian Sand and all these different things. I mean, we're less than... A week removed away from the Ross Bjork hiring. Yeah, that yeah, came down like a month ago. That came down what last Monday or Tuesday, and then his press conference was Wednesday. We got the Bill O'Brien yeah. news on Thursday. He joined, yeah, it was Wednesday. He joined us Friday. Yeah, we got the Bill O'Brien news on Thursday evening. We talked to Ross on Friday, and then Friday night Caleb Downs committed, and then Dom Kirk's committed on Saturday. You had a Buckeye men's victory in there on Saturday afternoon. He had some great football. Then Julian Sayan yesterday, sometime along was with other football, it what? was yesterday. And then you also had Ohio State women's take down Iowa. Like the amount of stuff that's happened in the last week has been insane. Yeah, it's been uh, quite a robust week. For the Buckeyes. But a lot of stuff and a lot of good things. Good news is always better than bad, Beam. Good news so is always good, man. Pretty, pretty stoked about that. Just trying to keep track of everything through this weekend has been wild, man. So much activity going on uh, with you know just the different <laughs> different announcements on social media. Hey, I'm committing here. This guy's doing this. Oh, Buckeye men won. Women won. Oh, it's, it's all good. Watching the games. So, yes, it was... It was very exciting. Watching Jason Kelsey crush beers and jump out of his suite and With flash shirt and on. jump back in. That was great. <laughs> he, he's he's one of my favorite dudes, man. Jason Kelsey's a great guy. I, I like to call him Jafar after that Super Bowl parade with Philly. With that awesome hat on. He's tremendous. But, yes, he is... Great dude, fun. He would be a awesome dude to hang out with me. Oh, of all yeah. the guys in the NFL, like you want to drink beers with Jason Kelly, Kelsey is on the short list. For I that. saw a tweet after Kansas City beat Buffalo last night to get to their six straight AFC Championship game. It's like stadium camera pans to Jason Kelsey in his suite playing solo beer pong by himself at two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, that would both that would side, make all the sides. Sense. So it. before that, I mean, before they had showed him, you know, in the suite jumping out and. I don't know if he's yelling at Buffalo fans or just endearing himself to the city of Buffalo. I mean, he's obviously out there cheering for his brother, having a great time doing that. Um, before the game, he was like in the Bills Mafia tailgate lots, yeah. crushing beers with them. Absolutely. Man of the people. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, his brother is playing for the Chiefs, but everybody just loves the guy so much that he's out there just a man of the folks, man. Like, that's he looks like a football fan. If he wasn't playing, he looks like a guy that would be out there doing those things. Just a normal dude. And so he's not playing right now, and maybe he's done, maybe he's not. I mean, I, I guess there's been some conflicting reports on that. But I I get it if he wants to be done. He just wants to crush beers and chill for life now, which I don't. I would not besmirch him at all for that. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Sounds awesome. That's what, that's what Shark's going to do when he retires. Shark, How many beers are you going to consume on your world retire. cruise, Shark? <laughs> I don't drink much beer, yeah. Beamer. I'm a vodka guy. man. Yeah. When Shark and I retire together, you know, that's a great question, Beam. Are you going to go on the cruise with him and his brother? Uh, I don't know. 
I, I would like to. You say your wife's not going on? Jan's not. She says she's not, but she will. <laughs> uh, I'll get her to go. That's good. With the enticing city of Barcelona. How long is this cruise again? It's like uh, there are different ones, but I think the one we're going to go on is like 15 days. Boom. That is long. Flying to Europe and then boating back? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Doesn't sound bad. Fly to Barcelona, spend a couple days there, and then hop on a cruise ship. The seas can get rough in the mid-Atlantic, though. Is that right? Uh, that's just what I've been told. I've like, never uh, neither cruised have I. there before. I've cruised around a lot in the I know Caribbean. in the north, north Atlantic, you can run into an iceberg. Yeah, it'd that be rough. a long time ago. Well, I heard you could also fornicate in a, tr- in a car underneath in the bottom of the that's boat. Right. So maybe you and Jan could recreate that Titanic scene with the famous handprint. <laughs> yes. Sliding Sli- down the rear window. Maybe also accomplish something on your trip over to Barcelona and the airplane that you had you wanted think to check you, off your list. You go, Do you think she would let you paint her like Leo did? Like one of your French ladies? One of your French ladies. Uh, probably sketch. not. I think you could arrange that. <laughs> well, You're pretty I, persuasive. You know what, an hey, artist, though. You know what Meredith and I are going to get you for your retirement gift? Painting, painting classes. Yeah. yeah. You know who drew that picture in real life? Who drew that picture? Uh-uh. James Cameron. Did he really? really? Yeah. That's remarkable. Gosh, good for him. I can't believe James Cameron spent all that time in that submarine and found the Titanic. That's a crazy thing to me. Like, oh, I want to shoot this movie, but first I want to find the shipwreck. Yeah. Someone had been lost for you know, 70 years at that point. I can't believe Fargo's not based on a true story. Right. <laughs> hey, we learn something new Man, every day. I can't believe I've never watched the TV show Fargo. I'm going to have to get that done. Well, Some people on Twitter just saying that it's one of the best shows of all time. I haven't seen it. They said season one with, Steve Bush- or with uh, Billy Bob's Bob, really right. good. I may... I have to dive in. I got some other stuff I got to watch first. A simple and I, plan and very bad things. Very bad things. See, very bad things. <laughs> <laughs> the opening scene of that to where they have to get themselves out of the predicament. Pretty elite beam. It reminds you of maybe a a party that you would be going on with a bunch of your your <laughs> high school buddies and how it could get bad and then the panic would set in. Our daily fan poll is sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. Today's fan poll at 971thefan.com or on Twitter at 971thefan. What grade would you give the Ohio State football program this offseason? A, B, C, D, or F? Uh, it's a resounding A at this point. Is F even an option? You actually put that on there? Well, there's four options. D or F is combined into one. That's 1.3% of the Come voting on. population. Who's putting that down there? Uh, contrarians. Trolls? Yeah. General had so much fun today. What do you say we do it again tomorrow on a big Tuesday if they allow us? You good with that? Yeah, it'll be good. So Flapper Tuesday for Ooh, sure. God, it's going to be the best. Everybody have a great day. Uncle Bo and the boys, they're up next. We are back live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to break everything down. Have a good one. Talk to you then. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. The Monday drive is clearing up a little bit. You're still stop and go, though, on the west side. 70 eastbound between Central Avenue and 315. Watch for an accident. 670 eastbound before 33. It's on the right shoulder, and you're slow from 70. And on the east side, we do have an accident. 70 eastbound before 270. Thankfully, that one is on the right shoulder. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. This is a fan action update. Patrick Mahomes moves to 8 and 3 straight up and 9 1 and 1 against the spread as an underdog. Chiefs open up 3 point underdog against Baltimore with a money line of plus 140. 
In the last 20 years, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are 58, 24, and 2, 71% as an underdog in the playoffs. This action update is brought to you by Mary Haven, Mary Haven Gambling Intervention Program, where free help is available to gamblers and their loved ones. I'm Scotty Vegas. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good morning. I'm Eric Reese, sir. In front of a sold-out crowd yesterday at the shot, the 18th-ranked Ohio State women's basketball team knocked off number 2 Iowa, 192 in overtime. Cody McMahon led the Buckeyes with a career-high 33 points, 12 rebounds. J.C. Sheldon added 24 of her own. Buckeyes erased a 12-point second-half deficit and outscored the Hawkeyes 17-9 in the OT period. Iowa's Caitlin Clark scored 45 in the loss. She was reportedly okay after a scary collision with a fan storming the court following the game. In the NFL last night, the Chiefs beat the Bills 27-24 to advance the AFC Championship. Kansas City will play at Baltimore Sunday at 3 p.m. In the NFC Division around the Lions beat the Buccaneers 31 to 23. Detroit's headed to San Francisco. They'll play the Niners in the NFC title tilt. This update sponsored by BMI Federal Credit Union. Need a little extra help after the holidays? Get a holiday loan from BMI by visiting bmifcu.org slash holiday loan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.